tries to make sense of this bizarre development, but nothing of what he's witnessed seems to fall into place. Podcast episode 402 slash I'm trying to enjoy the film. I'm Matt Durson. And I'm John Hunt. Of, of Star Trek Missions End fame. That's right. And did you do another one too? Ghosts? I did, I did a couple of them. I did Ghosts. I did um, the Enterprise Experiment. And I did uh, that thing that looked like Voyager that I can't remember what it's called. That Peter David wrote. <laughs> okay. He wrote a series of novels, and then he did his oh, comic books. Yeah. Uh, J.K. Woodward did the illustrations for it, I believe. I could be wrong. I don't remember. Well, we got one more person on the podcast, so... Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Just one other guy? Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I said my name, but oh, yeah, you were, I like, reading your, your IMDb page afterwards, so... Yeah, stepped all over his dick. <laughs> my apologies, but when, when you're... When you're reviewing a Star Trek movie, when you're going to do a, a commentary right. for a Star Trek movie, and you have a guy that has worked with an actual Star Trek writer in DC Fontana, you're bound to have uh, toes stepped on. So or dick. I have, and I my, have dick my own. I have my own uh, memory alpha uh, Star Trek uh, entry. Well, that is. Well, I, I have the Star Trek lunchbox. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I interviewed the Bob Burton. Oh, that, that is pretty cool. Generation. He is a pretty he's a pretty nice. I think I would like to know him. He seems like the nicest man in the world. Seems like I want him to be my dad. Well, <laughs> I mean, if you play your cards right, Akira Takarada has become my dad now. <laughs> it's awkward when uh, you you bring him home to meet your dad. This is yes. my dad. <laughs> like, what? I'm just planning for the future with a replacement dad. They don't have to meet. It's fine. They don't have to know about each other. He's like the mistress dad. <laughs> okay, so my, my, my Amazon's being weird now. I have no credentials related to Star Trek at all. I'm just a fan. Yeah, yes, you, you do. Yes, you do. Hey, whatever you can do to boost yourself. You were on a sci-fi, Boston sci-fi panel. Uh, oh. Just recently, we talked about um, uh, sci-fi things. Yeah, we did. What, what, did yeah. I, what did I talk about? I don't even remember. <laughs> it was talking about bad guys. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Villains and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was cool. I'm sure Star Trek came up. <laughs> there were like six people in the audience that can corroborate this. <laughs> and six people on the panel. That's right. <laughs> we literally had almost as many panelists as we had. Oh, that was a... I'm having night. issues with my fire stick here. It's being a jerk now. Oh, well, well I, I'm trying to open my... Ah, there we go. It went, it went into sleep mode, and then it started to... Oh, uh, they show, was, like, the pictures and stuff? Yeah, and then I couldn't get out of it. And now it's just now it's just got a spinning right. circle thing. Well, we're going to... Um, we're going to... Just like we did a couple weeks ago for Spider-Man and Sam Raimi, we're going to do a little coronavirus special. We're going to talk about Star Trek The Motion Picture. So if you feel like, you know... Coming along this journey with us, uh, you can 
just cue that up like John's trying to do right now. Yeah, I got it. I got it all set now. I'm at zero. Okay. It's on Amazon Prime. If you're a Prime person, it's I don't know. I'm sure you can find it. What am I gonna? It's yeah, Amazon.com/slash/capital-f-t-a-r-dash-trek-dash-pictures-slash-william-shatner-slash-gp-slash-b-o-o-o-h-c-h-b-i-m. Just go there. Wow. Nothing. Nothing <laughs> Just to go it. Here. Just go do that. <laughs> Everybody got that? <laughs> so yeah, this was. Uh, I, I'm sure we'll get into all this, but yeah. So this, this it's a miracle this movie got made for that yeah. matter. It's like it's good to commemorate this. Well, why don't we? Uh, why don't we? Why don't we hit the play button? All right. Let's and uh, before my remember how we do it. It's just like the record, but we're pressing different buttons. Yes, I want to do this before my fire stick is just... Okay, so here we go. We're going to do three, two, one. I'm going to say three, two, one, play, and then we're going to hit play. All right, everybody ready? Three, two, one, and hit play, or three, two, one, play, and then hit play? Three, two, one, play, and then you hit play when I say play. All right, that's what I'll do. (laughs) You got that, Clay? I got it, I got it. Here we go. Fix it in post. Three, two, one. Maybe I should... That doesn't matter. We're on the Paramount logo. Yeah, it's yeah, blue. yeah. <laughs> the blue. Say it for real. No like, one's I... listening. No one's playing along. Anyway, just so you know, if you're watching on Amazon, I'm at 10 seconds. Here we go. Three, two, one, play. And here we go. Uh, now it's black. In case it is. I'm just starting. Should wind up. So Robert Wise, we should talk about him for a second because that was a pretty good get for a Star Trek movie, I think. I'll say, yeah. <laughs> I'll say, and, and uh, Robert Wise, uh, one of my favorite old school uh, science fiction movies with the day the Earth stood still. Yeah, that's yeah, a fantastic yeah. movie. It Gort, Klaatu, Verada, Nikto. That's right for our Army of Darkness aficionados out there. Yeah. No, like Robert Wise was was huge for this for like this movie and i think he made they probably wouldn't have done it if he didn't come on board well they had uh philip kaufman originally as the director when it was like a low budget movie and philip mm. kaufman i think did the remake of the invasion of the body snatchers i i, I don't know we can look that up i guess uh, that was probably be- the first horror movie i ever saw Unfortunately, Robert Wise passed away in 2005, but I mean, just, Sound of Music and West Side Story. his 91st birthday. It was like days wow. after. Wow. Andromeda Strain. Anyway, yeah. But he also did throw away the entire set and make a new one. Well, yeah. That they well, had he had no like idea the, about this. Star Trek at all. Mm. Yeah. Know what it was. I think a lot of people in this movie had no idea about Star Trek at all. Apparently, what's his name? Uh, Stephen Collins. Is it Stephen Collins? No, I don't remember. Yeah. Stephen Collins. Never seen an episode. So here we go. Uh, this uh, effect shot right here uh, was done by uh, John Dykstra. And this yes, is who we talked to, about in Yes, we talked about Inspirement. And uh, he, he's the creator of the Dykstra Flex. He was the guy that essentially started ILM. He had left ILM after kind of a falling out with Lucas. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so, which took like apparently weeks to set up and do. Uh, him and um, Douglas Trumbull, who was also handling the effects, they had split the effects at this point between these two guys, and they were working together but separately. They were trying to outdo each other with the effects work. So this shot mm. 
uh, or and then the shot at the end are sort of like bookends. It's like this is Dykstra's version of the the pan in of the ship and follow it around yeah. and go underneath it and over it. And then it's uh, Trumbull's version is at the very end of the last shot of the Enterprise before it goes to warp speed. So hmm. la di da. Very well. So which one of these guys is Mark Leonard? That's him right there. Sitting That's in right. The seat. Yeah. Who also plays Spock's dad? And he played a Romulan in the Balance of Terror episode. Oh my God. Yeah, he's um, he's all over. So the place. he's he's played a Romulan, a Vulcan, and a Klingon. Wow. And also the uh, the Klingon uh, language here, created by Jimmy Dewan. Jamie, yes, James Dewan. And, uh, and yeah. And then in later Trek films, they had like a linguist come in and sort of um, uh, reverse engineer, I guess you'd say. Uh, to yeah, like, right. he extrapolated what they were saying here and then kind of applied it to like Star Trek three. Mark Ockrand was the linguist. Well uh, done. For you, no. for you aficionados. So I mean, sure, people already knew that, right? Yeah. J- James Dewan. I had that great, really that great... as yeah. the engineer, but also the actor really was enthusiastic because, uh, as you know, I'm trekking through Trek, and this one kind of syncs up to where I am. Uh, in my timeline, but uh, he was re- he did like a ton of voices on the animated series, and he just was like really a he was like a fan himself. And he, yeah, and he didn't have all his fingers. So. Wait, are we talking about Jimmy Doon or Mark? <laughs> yeah, <Leonard? laughs> oh, Jimmy Doon. Well, Mark Leonard too. I mean, if he played all those aliens. Yeah. Uh, and this is the uh, the the ship that he's on is the Klingon Katinga. Which uh, I have built in a one three fiftieth scale. It's that mammoth. Just, just <laughs> wow. Yeah. Good. There, I mean, there's kind of you know, this is most Trek fans though, but yeah, there's like the two different Klingon ships that they sort of used. Uh, yeah, they got the Bird of Prey. The, I always thought the Bird of Prey was cooler looking, but I'm currently building a Bird of Prey. Oh, is it mammoth? It's not as mammoth. It's oh. apparently the same scale, but it's like and... half the size. It's also Mammoth. like I'm trying to remember <laughs> because I just watched like a bunch of um, I watched the season three of Star Trek and Romulans have a bird of prey too, or something or yeah, a lot of the but, same ships or like yeah, well the 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 Klingon bird of prey in Star Trek three was it was originally supposed to be Romulans as the bad guys. Mm. That is a poorly that's a weird wow. looking shot right there. It's very is it blurry on your end? Because it looked like it was very video It looked like that guy was wearing pajamas. Yeah, well, he was. It, he's in quarantine, so. <laughs> you know, no like all of us. Everybody's this fellow wearing here, quarantine. Yeah. This fellow Look here, super, super 70s guy on the left, uh, yeah. he was hired to replace Spock in the Abandoned Phase 2 series. He was going to play Zahn, a younger Vulcan. That's right. And now they just to... gave him this cameo. Yeah. It's like a... Sure. Because Leonard Nimoy... Yeah, was helping. He was not going to do this. Yeah, he had uh, he had issues with Roddenberry, and he had issues with Paramount he, about unpaid yeah. royalties and likeness usage and things like that. Jeffrey Katzmer got to go and just give him a check, basically, and say, "Will you do this?" And then he, but then he got some. He got to tinker with the writing and stuff. I mean, yeah, he had to have a, a like yeah. script approval and things like that. Quick little side the, note. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead, go Clay, ahead. if you want. Well, I was oh, just going to say, gonna... Jeffrey, <laughs> you, <laughs> you just go. told you go. me to go you ahead. Go. You go. <laughs> Sorry. Jeffrey Katzenberg uh, built my former office at my former job. 
donated some money. And I met the guy and I said, thanks for the office. You said thanks for Star Trek, the motion picture. I did not. I could have. I should have. Yeah. So anyways, he's a nice guy. That was cooler than the thing I was going to say, which was just that uh, eventually further on down the line, uh, you know, Shatner and Nimoy both get a chance to direct um, a, a feature film. But all because of there was a lot of Shatner negotiations in relation to uh Nimoy returning to these movies and these projects as well. I Did mean, they had always what, like they called like a favored nations clause or something. And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they can sort of determine what happens to their characters and yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's really interesting because I mean, I'm sure writers hate hate that when actors want to tinker with everything. So yeah, eventually. By the way, script... director's cut of this is completely different here. It's oh, much better yeah. looking. They redid all oh these. Oh my god, so so much better. That's why I wish we were doing that, except for that it's not available for all the stream. Yeah, I'd almost revisit this if they ever released it in that way because uh, I I had to track it down by the DVD off of eBay or something. But yeah, it looks so much better in the director's cut. Well, apparently yeah, the, the director's cut was was, uh, was uh, rendered in standard definition, which is why it's not out and available on blu-ray and on streaming yeah that's why yeah dvd is the best quality you can get way to think ahead guys i think the company that did the effects on the director's cut uh, went out of business or something that they're, they're no longer around so there's no way to get a hold of those effects and re-render them or something oh jimmy Dewan also oh, did the, the language here for, uh, for the vulcans Kolinar. What does Kolinar mean? I forget. It's the, the shedding of all emotion or whatever. However, it's pronounced, Mr. Spock. I love Sorry, these. Um, I love these. I love these costumes. It's so great. I would like to point out that the the music by Jerry Goldsmith is one of my favorite scores of all time. And the sounds here, where it's like, wow, uh, it's called the blaster beam or something. And it was this giant weird thing that was hit with an artillery shell. And like it a just created that very thing. Wow. Yeah. He was associated with Star Trek until 2002. Yeah. From the, what I've been reading, my homework. Yes. Well fucking done. wig, man. Look at that wig. Look, he's, looks like he's wearing lipstick too. Gotta say, Spock always looked like he was kind of like he was sort of uh, gender neutral or whatever, okay. or uh, no. you know, because he had a little uh, eyeshadow and stuff too in the show. There's he always hear... yeah, all the guys are some... made up on the show. Uh, original. I know, but here it just looks a little, you know. Now yeah. You gotta revisit the original series, then you'll see Spock's really yellow and he's got like super blue eyeshadow on. What's with those rocks? Shiny know. red rocks. They look like, they look like craisins. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Goldsmith uh, was Roddenberry's first choice to uh, score the series. He was unavailable. So when this came around, they snapped him up, and Robert Wise had worked with him in on another movie, Sand, The Sand Pebbles or something. Yeah, yep, Sand Pebbles. And uh, I love the Star Trek theme that he came up with and it gets better as he as he does other movies like star trek 5 also one of, like not a, the best movie but <laughs> a fantastic score yeah. and then when, and then when he he did on the on uh nemesis 
the beginning of that is like just the coolest. Like it goes into this like tribal drum thing, and it's just flipping awesome. <laughs> and one entrance, and if you look to the left, you can see studio hands. Oh. There he is. The guy. Oh. <laughs> 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 the guy with the light meter on. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> so the uniforms, the, these are new uniforms, obviously not used in the show. And uh, the, the actors had a hard time sitting, apparently. Yeah. Athleisure. <laughs> uh, like the, the thing was Roddenberry was like, the disposable clothes are going to be the thing of the future. That's why you see them changing all the time. I actually like Kirk's Admiral uniform, and I like his short sleeve, uh, you know, white shirt thing. But everything else, yeah, it looks like they're having a big sleepover. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. Well, well, yeah, apparently, Uhura didn't like hers either, because she so like nobody liked them. Not even yeah. not even the female. Yeah, the <laughs> they took she away said, the skirts. Yeah, but uh, John, liked- didn't they re-render that uh, all that Starfleet Academy, um, Starfleet headquarters? The, the that's all in the director's cut yeah 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 so it's not it, it looks way, way different to me just now and and i think yeah. that people would love it because you can look that stuff up like um we could maybe put it in the show notes there's like some comparison shots i, I was look, looking at those comparison shots like star wars and star trek of like the special editions and stuff but like they did they made everything look a lot nicer <laughs> yeah they that, did like uh, well this movie was so rushed because uh yeah. a Magicam that was building all the models for when this was a TV show, um, all those models had to be tossed out because they were movie quality. So then they had to make those again. And then Robert Abel and Associates, who were hired to do the special effects, never had handled a movie or, or something of this scope, and they were just not producing and turning out crap when they were producing. So that's why they had to bring in Douglas Trumbull and John Dykstra to save the movie and like Dykstra had a, like uh, uh, Trumbull had like six months to pull all the effects together. So it's not perfect. And he, he had said, look at, uh, if you give me six months, I can get it done. If you give me longer, they'll be good. You know, he wanted it like, by, they wanted it by Christmas or whatever. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So. He was like, like Scotty. They, they came to them in like January or something. So yeah. Like, and this Scotty's is like, like the old I days. can really push it, but, uh, you yeah. know, yeah, he's not gonna. Get, he's not gonna hold. He's got to multiply his repair estimates by a factor of four. Is really. <laughs> but all things considered, this I mean, back screen thing. It's still, it's still a beautiful movie. For 1977, yeah, this is it good. Sorry, it, sorry. They started in 1977. It's not as auteur, and there's some things that aren't as great as 2001, but it looks. Yeah, it well, looks just as good as 2001 and Star Wars. Trumbull just has a worked different... on 2001. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's... The pace is very slow. It's not It's not like how the TV should... Well, like, Ron various so times went by. What's that? Yeah, 2001 is one of the slowest paced movies. Yeah. It's like, what is even going on here? There's a baby? I don't know what's happening. We'll do well, the commentary for that next. Yeah, I don't know if I can make it through that one. Yeah, I'll bring your bring my yeah. It'll be like a nap um, and, nap and watch. Everybody <laughs> just falling asleep. We, instead of a watch and talk. Like a nap talk. I'd I'd yeah. like to I'd like to talk about this scene real quick. It's a long scene, so yeah. I don't have to be real. Yeah, quick, we have but... a long time. Go for <laughs> it. <laughs> um, 
this is sort of a, a divisive. And of course, here's re, they reused some of these shots in Star Trek Two. Yeah. Um, they did that a lot. They yeah, did, yeah, a lot. Um, but here's the thing: people either love the scene and they hate it. I'm on. I'm on the. I love it scene. Oh, I love, yeah, love, love. Understand. I do too. Because first of all, I, you get to see the Enterprise and all its glory, and you have to so remember, cool. Star Trek had been off the air for ten years at this yeah. point, and they want to be like the as a little there's no model. like DVDs or anything. Yeah. You can just rent and pop in and yeah. watch the Enterprise. So, and this is sort of also Kirk being reunited, but like this is a big metaphor in the movie is like Kirk and, and like getting back together with his ex love. And his ex love is the Enterprise. And yeah. there's a shot of him in the turbo lift when he gets on there and he does this, closes his eyes, takes a deep breath, and he's like, oh, fuck yeah. I'm the so Enterprise happy. Enterprise giving him a blowjob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this. That you you want us to see all the details and and this is they're showcasing things that they could not do on the show and the paint job on the ship which you can't really see as well uh, uh, in the movie but it's it's super intricate there's uh, all these uh, pearlescent paint panels yeah, and things so little, when the light the certain, having built stuff. this as a large scale 350 uh, scale enterprise I know how like people are like. They got right down to the details. I was looking at everything up. What color goes where and this and that. And it was fucking insane the amount of research people would do on getting this stuff right. I think as a, I, it, it takes a younger – or an older person, I should say, to appreciate this scene. Because as kids, I was like, it's so boring. Yeah, I remember we saw the 2009 one and they, they showed the Enterprise. And you turned to me and said, okay, now fly around it for 10 minutes. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> one, of the, one of the other things too because of the, the rush production here is you can uh, see some of the uh, faulty blue screen work where certain well, shots yeah. you can see through the edges yeah. of the, things in the and, shuttle and everything yeah. in the shuttle it looks yeah. really bad but they like, had fixed all that up for the director's cut too there's like a scene where yeah, the uh, it doesn't look are, great it doesn't look great they, 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 they did their the best point being is they cleaned up a lot of blue screen spill they yeah, yeah. They, for sure they, it looks better it definitely looks better i don't know if you guys have watched prop culture it's a little side track here but prop culture on the disney plus uh thing uh it's no, they have some cool it's a pretty fun story each episode is like a different movie and the, but That's they they do a try kind of show man i think you would like John, well, John probably would do. Uh, I think we would like the tron episode well, i've already seen it so i really liked it but to talk about the map paintings a lot in that it's pretty that's pretty interesting because they actually had the painting oh nice of like and they're like this is where and, then, and there's just a big blank space in the middle where they put the effects in. yeah yeah it's pretty neat to, i mean yeah so check it out prop culture i wish they had a star <laughs> trek one but they only do disney movies yeah. but so you can see through the nacelle right there the warp engine yeah mm. um mm. i i have Dude. something funny to say about matte painting when i was in college we were all like sitting around getting high watching star wars like in somebody's dorm room so like you know picture like 12 people passing the bowl around and like watching star wars like on like a 12 inch tv you know what i mean just watching like vhs star wars and every time there would be a matte painting there was this one chick that would always go matte painting this <laughs> it would happen hundreds of times and so then like right, whatever, yeah, that's all like, they had <laughs> the matte painting and we would always just be like oh fucking we'd leave we'd leave the screening and be like would that fucking girl just shut up about the goddamn matte painting 
<laughs> well, it's kind of like original comic art, right? Like someday there will not be any more map paintings. In fact, now there are no more yeah, map paintings it's all, because they just it's all, CGI. It's all digital. Yeah. This is kind of a long scene, though. Not it's gonna... got such good music. It's I know we're talking over the music. music, and you know they—it's—it's it's obvious, but uh, they made the. Look, there's a guy in use... the porthole on the right. <laughs> it looked like Adam Driver over there. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of looks like a Star Wars kind of thing, shaped thing. Uh, but yeah, yeah, they use this theme for Next Generation. Do you remember why, John? Um, because it's a it, fucking cast scene. Awesome. It's the best ever. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe next-gen fans might not... There's definitely next-gen fans that don't... haven't seen, you know, like, original series stuff or the movie, and they may have been like me, like, when I was in my 30s and realized, oh, I'm watching this movie, and that's the same music as the next generation. Yeah, it was, in fact... This was first, but a lot of next gen fans who hadn't watched the original series weren't weren't quite aware of that. They would not what know. Did they that, think it, where did they think this, it came from? <laughs> this is the scene I was talking about. Oh, okay, Kirk, yeah. Just kinda it's cool. just like nice. Oh, he, yeah. seem like a, a mm. very, he seems like I kinda feel like that William Shatner is actually happy to be back in the city. Because he was doing like ads for Canadian like uh Grocery store chains right. and stuff at that point. That so this really revived his Look at that guy's oh, dick, huh? That, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it like weird, fun. like how the the shoes are like connected to the pants? Yeah, it looks I, like it's like I, one I, thing. Yeah, it's always weird to me because I like li on the action figures they had, like mm. there was always just it was funny to me that they just had like flat shins. <laughs> <laughs> this is like so 1978. The colors, especially that guy on the left. Yeah, he has. A, oh, and there's like some weird shot there where it's blurred in the middle, where they're trying mm -hmm. to focus on two things at once. Um, yeah. yeah, that guy with the big weird head uh, has more to say in the director's cut. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't think he says anything here, but he defends Decker in the director's cut. Nice. Like Decker's the one that is has been doing all this stuff and blah blah blah, and then Yahoo is like, you know, our chance of survival just doubled because Kirk's here. Bitch. Another Star Screw Wars you, thing. Big head. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we like should the, probably. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. I didn't mean. To. I was gonna say like that the floating boxes, the floating boxes in Star Trek and Star Wars. Yeah, it's like he's walking one of those invisible dogs. It's, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> and they we did that in, in uh, Into Darkness too. They have like. Oh, that nice. is a medical thing. I think it's an underrated movie that Into Darkness, but that's just me. We'll get anyway, to that. Yeah, we'll get. <laughs> um, <laughs> movie I want to note as a as a screenwriter guy. Um, so Gene Roddenberry is credited as writing as a writer, as is Harold Livingston, who yes. quit. <laughs> Pretty... Yeah, I love I love the the back and forth between Roddenberry and Livingston. It was like Literally, they were getting jump. pages every day with their initials on them, like yeah. with changes to the script. And it was really just a pissing like contest. A short like, time were... before they would film the scene, they would get those too. Yeah, it was like right. being a couple of squabbling kids. I know it's a 
Mine's bitter. Like I'm out of here, which is amazing to think he would just leave a movie. Yeah. Well, you he, know, he, he was like, also the creative producer on the abandoned Phase Two series, and that was where he he started <laughs> this because this was originally a Phase Two right. uh, script called In Thy Image, and uh, that's what started this all. With the exception of apparently the ending was different. The basic structure. Well, they didn't even I, have the ending. They didn't even have an ending when they started yeah. shooting. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I have this the script for like they published it as a book about twenty five years ago the the phase two pilot episode. Oh, nice. Yeah. Howard Livingston did go on to write a lot of Mission Impossible and Six Million Dollar Man and stuff like that, and so he like worked. But it's kind of funny to leave a feature motion picture. Or actually, I did all that before. I'm sorry. Never mind. I don't know what the fuck he did yeah, after throw this. It out, <laughs> delete that. Rewind. Let's start over again. What also, the background doesn't line up in that turbo, lit, uh, whatever they call that, the hallway. You'll see what you can see how it's like uh, uh, focked at a certain point because everyone keeps turning in front of it. Focked. <laughs> so he turns just before it's not lined up quite right. Right. Hmm. Ah! <laughs> also, Scott, uh, Alan Dean Foster, who came up with the In Thy, in thy Image, uh, wrote a bunch of novelizations for of the cartoon episodes, the animated series, mm-hmm. and expanded them somewhat. Uh, and also wrote a bunch of those power records that I love so much. Oh, no. <laughs> nice. I was telling Thurston the other day, uh, uh, because we were talking about whether I was going to have finished the animated series before we start uh, watching this movie altogether. But I was telling him that the stories are in the animated series are they're quite good. They're quite good Star Trek stories, you know. There's some good ones. There's some. I mean, they're not awful all ones. Amazing. There's some weird ones. But there's I've like heard some Montana ones. I love that one. that are cool. And there's a Tribbles yeah. episode. Yeah, that's they're that's fun. Spock. Spock is a kid one. That was a good one. Spock is a kid one is like. <laughs> so good that's like a, that would be like just a good star trek episode in general they which they make some stuff make with that in the 2009 yeah oh. and in discovery too but they have it I sort of so it. that um whatever burnham is the one that saves spock from the monster so they kind of changed it oh. boo boo to that <laughs> yeah Oh, so anyway, the guy that he was talking to on the escalator earlier just got killed on the. Yeah, that's just so, um, and he's really clearly upset. So she is um, obviously uh, Janice Rand. Yes, been in a, a series regular, I guess. Regular? Well, she was not really yes, like not she really was regular. Like, she was in a few episodes in the first season, yeah. and then they let her go because apparently uh, they. They didn't want Kirk to have like be tied down to a lady or something like that, and it was they uh, something like that. So she was a lady who wasn't green. Yeah, sorry if you can hear me pouring stuff. No, it's okay. Just a little Romulan ale, you know. I pick it up. (laughs) I got a guy that picks it up at the border or something. (laughs) Wonderful stuff that Romulan ale. (laughs) There's Dicker. I mean Decker. That's a famous shot of Decker's dick, which. You know, nowadays, Stephen Collins, he's probably... He's probably loving that. Mm, yeah. He might be a little embarrassed now. 
Yeah. I mean, did they not notice before? The, I mean, did they not do rehearsals or go, whoa, you, that's, that, those pants? You can see his religion. <laughs> <laughs> they have um, I know what stuff he had for, for like, they have stuff for dancers. Like, that's almost like a jock strap kind of thing that where the, it kind of makes it so that that doesn't happen. And that's what they do, like, in the ballet and stuff. You'd have, like, this, like, merkin or whatever, like, over your dick so that wouldn't pop out I'm like sure, that. I don't... I'm sure all the guys that were having a hard time sitting down really didn't want to add any more to, right. to their <laughs> crotch area. Yeah, William Shatter describes it pretty funny in his book, if Movie Memories. I'm sure anybody who's watching this has probably read that book. But if you haven't, go out and get it because he reads it. If you And if you want to get the audiobook, he reads it. So yeah, And it's on YouTube. Very, very yeah. unenthusiastically, I might add. I know. In my reading, I could hear it. In, I, I read it in his voice. It was much yeah. more interesting. Yeah, that's how I read it, too, until I started listening to the audiobook. I mean, he was very bland and... It must be kind of hard to read an audiobook. It must be kind of boring. I think it's a bridge, too, because it, I was oh, really? finding uh, sections of the book when I was doing research that weren't in the audiobook version. Sad. I think it is a bridge, yeah. I've had those. Doesn't this look like Those guys' Newhart? pants weren't abridged. <laughs> Newhart in the 70s. <laughs> Doesn't this just look like an apartment building in the 70s? Yeah, those are the Jeffersons right there behind them. <laughs> <laughs> I heard there was one time I don't know why what we were texting about but I sent Derson a picture of Uhura from the uh, Mirror Mirror episode where she where she had her stomach showing it and like she's got like tight abs and shit and I sent that to Derson for some reason and Derson just wrote back you had abs I, did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that but I'm glad I did that <laughs> That is a classic Star Trek alarm. I think there was must have been in every movie. In Star Trek Three, when they find the the life forms on the tube on Genesis. Genesis. (laughs) I I feel that you'll have like way more to say once we get to two and beyond. Yeah. This is a sleeper of a movie if there ever was one. I mean, it's the first Star Trek (laughs) movie, but it's not like people fucking ever talk about it. You know what I mean? People talk about Wrath of God. I mean, I think that was... Well, yeah. That was one of the things. It it made a lot of money, but the critics were a little like, it's kind of boring. It's not a lot of action. Yeah, and since Paramount had sunk so much money into the show and the development of, like, three other movies that didn't get made, they lumped that into this budget, which made this one of the most expensive movies ever made at the time. So even though it made, in 1979, money, like, $139 they still considered disappointment because they had sunk 40-something million into it. $45 I think, was the... You know, well, that was the figure I read, but it was like they were, they had originally allotted 15 million, so they were just kind of upset. I think it was over budget by that much. Which, oh, there's a guy again. Which, yeah, I mean, 1979 dollars, like you have to imagine 45 million. I mean, that's nothing. That's a little indie flick these days, yeah. but like I've got that much money just lying around. <laughs> <laughs> How come there's not a lot of aliens in this? Like, I don't know. Um, like, didn't Star you just Wars see that like a... weird guy with the big head? The and then the, yeah, and the the one Andorian 
And then, like, you know. There's, like, a weird guy that has, like, a strange face thing. And then there's the TIE fighter pilots. Yeah, that guy. That they had in there. Then there's that guy with the ball. There's that guy. (laughs) (laughs) Everything you read about this is, like, she had to shave her head. Yeah, and she cried. I know, but, I mean, it's like a woman who never shaved her head. You're, like, look at it. You're, like, at least it grew back. Yeah. Look at me. <laughs> Shave my head and never grew back. And she um, was supposed to be the new number she's, one she's on in the, the show, right? Well, uh, no. Deck, the, if you look at this, and if you looked at like the series Bible for Phase 2, essentially Decker is Riker, and she was Troy. And a lot of the stuff that was in this movie that didn't really go anywhere, Ron very recycled for uh, Next Generation. Like, the Zahn character becomes Data, you know? Mm-hmm. I think Roddenberry recycled a lot of ideas. Yeah. He kept yes. trying to put that Kennedy assassination thing in every. <laughs> <laughs> this is my my favorite thing: disco bones. <laughs> Who's got like wow. like he's got like a kidney stone or something? He's like, ow. <laughs> <laughs> That's just like ah, oh, I the shouldn't have had it. He's like, I shouldn't have had a, a screwdriver and then a white Russian. That's what that that hand yeah. gesture to your to your abdomen means. He just beamed in from uh, Studio Fifty Four. Look at that necklace. <laughs> I know it's awesome. Everything about him is just amazing. I he looks like he real too. <laughs> He's like, Jim, where's the cocaine? <laughs> <laughs> look, look at his look at his pinky. He's got like the coke fingernail too. Oh yeah. My God. I'm kidding. Oh, I know. Having fun here, DeForest. Squint your eyes. All right. And and it's Ron Swanson. (laughs) It is. Oh, my God. It's like a skinny Ron Swanson. (laughs) I wish I knew how to do that. It's even got like a curl. Look at the curl of the mustache. Yeah. I wish I could do like like a a hipster. Hipster was a. I want to make a deep wow. bake of uh, of Ron Swanson. And, oh, he uh, didn't like this movie. Uh, he was he was always pushing for for uh, more uh, character interactions and this and that. Yeah, and he said all the suggestions fell on deaf ears. Well, it sounds like a lot of like them were pushing for script changes, but because uh, even George Takei apparently was like, yeah, every time they came back, there was more Bill Shatner. <laughs> <laughs> well, come on, Kirk he and is Spock the and is the, are the stars of the right. movie and the show. And it always bothered me that you know Chekhov was like, "I want why isn't there a Chekhov movie?" You know, and why, why, yeah. why isn't there a Slu show? You know, yeah. like who cares about any of those guys? Oh, right, the stars. So the guy that presses the button to turn on the Enterprise and then makes it go forward. You know, yeah. that's his job. Yeah, I mean these what guys. Other TV series have people watch that had minor characters in it that thought they were the main stars. Like Star Trek was just so full of egos. Yeah. It was pretty weird. I mean, like, did they think everything is like Frasier? They're just going to give everybody a show and it'll just be (laughs) on like another nine years. Sometimes you strike gold, but I don't think the the captain Sulu show really would have been all that. (laughs) Takes out. Um, is, the, um, the 
the painting work that I was talking about, the pearlescent painting on this yeah. was done by on the ship was done by a fellow called Paul Olson, who put a book out about his uh, his uh, time working on the motion picture. Oh, wow! And I interacted briefly with him because I purchased his book and we had a little email exchange. He was very very kind. He's nice. a very uh, very ex hippie type, you know, like <laughs> he like yeah, those guys like are back in the day, like cool. He liked man. to smoke his like, yeah, marijuana. Just... Or like I when mean, like, he was a painter in the seventies. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. come on! I mean, that this movie probably bought him a lot of weed. Yeah, probably yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so the the ship initially in the in the original series was designed by a fellow named Matt Jeffries, who designed who was a production designer on numerous television shows. And when oh. Phase Two went into production, the series, Matt Jeffries was a production designer on Little House on the Prairie. And Roddenberry was sort of like, hey, can you take a crack at just redesigning some Trek stuff, including the Enterprise? So he was sort of working on Little House on the Prairie during the day and then moonlighting. No cottages, though. I don't want any cottages. And I don't need any churches. <laughs> yeah, that's what or any Or any trees where we're hanging somebody. Yeah, that's what... Okay. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> so it's... like, Roddenberry started pushing so much for Jeffries to keep doing stuff that it started to interfere with his actual job uh, <laughs> to the point where, like, the the p- people on Little House on the Prairie were like, um, you know, you're working for us, right? <laughs> so he had to kind of dial it back. And then when the movie came out, they took his basic redesign of the Enterprise and souped it up more. And eventually the final design was... Uh, I can't remember his name now. Uh-oh. Uh, that's, that's, that one hurts because... He's awesome. You were you were on a roll there. You were really was. But, um, spilling uh, some knowledge, dropping some knowledge, whatever that was. Hell. It's so funny. I mean, the Enterprise is such an iconic, like the look of the Enterprise. Like it's such a, like, to just be like, yeah, juice it up a little bit. I mean, like it's kind of weird, but obviously it needed an upgrade for the story of the movie as well as just yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> I like that thing in the uh, video you sent over, John, about uh, how they they didn't exactly build it to the right scale for the cameras and stuff. So they had to do this thing where yes. they took like a bunch of dental mirrors, like hundreds of them, and shine lights on them so that it looked like yeah, they flash a, the a ship line was up, getting yeah. from everywhere. And the camera didn't the way that the the model should have been built bigger, or, or I think they said. Or smaller, Andrew so Probert, that... sorry, my God! Oh, good job, totally Andrew Probert. Andrew. Oh, and there he, oh, boring bones is back. Boring bones. Uh, someone call for more crotchety in this. <laughs> uh, Andrew <laughs> Probert went on to do a production design on a bunch of stuff, including Back to the Future. Oh, nice. And he's a local guy to us. He lives out in the, all the way in the western part of the state. Western part of the state. Yeah. Oh, great. It's uh. Yeah, well, I forget. He also designed the Enterprise uh, D for Next Generation. Isn't that mm-hmm. what they used to call DeForest Kelly? D. And, D yeah, wasn't yeah, happy it's with pretty it. funny. Enterprise D. 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 Kelly. B as in barricade. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm getting uh, ahead of myself. This, this, this set was built in forced perspective. Uh, I don't say sabotage. You say I don't say sabotage. You say sabotage. I say sabotage. <laughs> Kirk does say sabotage a lot 
in the original series and then some. Well, I think that sabotage, sabotage, or whatever he says, um, (laughs) that's from, I I know that's from an animated series episode. I think I came across it the other day. You may have. There we go. There's the alarm again. Uh, The director's cut also redid this scene. Yeah, this that looks bad. But oh, but I like that. No, I, I actually think everything looks okay here. I like that's, the and that's like shit. this looks good. Laser effect. But this like weird like the, with them shaking so just looks funny. Yeah, looks <laughs> okay. It's like an Ed Wood kind of like just grab the yeah. tentacles, make it look like yeah. he's choking you. But apparently, this yeah. like just took forever to shoot and then forever to do these effects on. But yeah, everyone like how just would looked you like even make that oscilloscope? thing in the 70s with the computer you know like how yeah. do they do well, any of that yeah i could just do that on my phone now with some app you could right. <laughs> yeah. it's funny though because like these guys don't know what it's going to look like and they're just like just move around look like the set shaking and that's yeah giggle, giggle a, a little bit a shot of ilea later where she's just like just bouncing and it just makes me laugh every time but this is the big action scene in the movie. Yeah, the the critics were they wanted more action. Yeah. We want action? We've got a wormhole where people bounce around. Yeah. And then we shoot an asteroid. <laughs> there you go. Oh, wow, wow, yeah, wow. that looks weird. <laughs> There's a YouTube video where someone has taken like old clips of the show where they all like flail about on like when they get shot and then they all yeah. fall out of their seats and stuff and then like corrected it so that you, the camera's not tilting oh, <laughs> nice. that that was classic star trek like yeah. at least from my when i was a kid like all the the, ah! the guys just like flying around the bridge and stuff is which i never really understood if you have a center of gravity in the in the ship shouldn't you always just be kind of straight like it, like if you're flying upside down, no one's on the ceiling because there's no up <laughs> down in space, right? So oh god, that... now you're really just you're <laughs> blown. Whoa, dude! Whoa, <laughs> dude! But, I mean, what did the hippie guy have to say about that? <laughs> it was a great effect. It doesn't really matter. Like you got the science out the window at some point. It looked great. Ah! <laughs> like when Khan. She shoots them. I mean, oh, classic. Anyways, getting we'll get to that one. Don't worry. <laughs> Here's the asteroid. Fire the uh, photon torpedoes. Looks like one of those uh, fires or whatever from uh, Vulcan. It does. There you, there you go, Chekhov. Here's your big scene. Yeah. See, yeah, they're no, always yeah, recycling stuff. Um, wrote a book called. Chekhov's Enterprise or something about the making of this movie? Because I suppose he had nothing else to do during the filming of this movie. He might as well write that. <laughs> while he was sitting around. Yeah. Plus, they were getting paid while they were still, like, yeah, but, like, like making this... the sets and stuff, and yeah. then dickering around with the script. So, like, they were just sitting around getting paid. Yeah. That's a good of... gig to have. I know. Man, I can't. I, I wish I could get into Hollywood and just, just have someone pay me to do nothing. Yeah. Get on that. That was my dream, just to have a script get optioned and not even made. People yeah. are like, oh, man, I don't want my script to sit in development hell. I'm like, hey, you're getting paid, right? What do you care? Yeah. 
So also about this movie is uh, um, McCoy and Kirk, they're, they're kind of a little like a little testy here. It's not until the end of the film that everybody sort of back to where they were in the show. If you've noticed that Kirk is sort of pushing everybody. He's like, I want it to be like the old days. And Scotty's like, I'm trying to make it like the old days. And then McCoy is like, dude, like, can't really live your glory days. He's like, that that's what it's all about. It's about Kirk finding himself again. That's what this movie is. And ultimately, he does. Well, there you go. And then the subplot is Spock figuring out who he is, which I'll get. We'll, I will talk about that when we get to that scene. It's kind of interesting. We haven't seen Spock since the whole thing. I mean, it's he's. It's been a long time since we've seen a major character. And probably that might be because he wasn't in the original script. Yeah, he was not. Uh, and that was Robert Wise saying, look, I'll make this movie, but you got to put Spock in it. That's right. That's you can't do Star is. Trek without Spock. I mean, that's he was right about that one. That's for sure. Yeah. I like how these guys have little eyeglasses cases instead of belt buckles. That's where they put their sunglasses. <laughs> The uh, insignia does look like—I mean, it, it literally looks like it was sewn on, like a. It was like, sewn on. I know, yeah, but I mean, you yeah, can see like the. It doesn't look like a like a, a like a metal. Oh, it's not metal, but you know what I mean. Like on the next generation, they had like the thing, and they would tap Show, it and go. Yeah, in the original series, it wasn't metal either. Was, right. Each insignia, like it was different for uh, a di- each ship had a different thing. Oh, yeah. right. So, yeah, I'm just—I'm not as knowledgeable. Yeah, dropping a little knowledge on you. And then, then in, you know, uh, after this movie, oh everyone was like, uh, we're going to do it like the Enterprise, you know. Oh, so that's when it became the little pointy arrow thing. It probably arrow. just saved money that way. What's that? <laughs> it probably just saved money that way. They wouldn't oh, have to yeah. make all the different Delta. insignias. The Delta, yes. The Delta. Sorry. People always yeah, say that on Star Trek podcast. Delta, the Delta this, Delta that. And she's a Delton. That's right, she is. Can I borrow some lens wipes? (laughs) Oh, this is a poorly acted scene. It's like, where she's like, did you left or you didn't even say goodbye? Well, if she only had hair to like whip around, you know? (laughs) Uh, She's in this fantastically awful movie uh megaforce which i believe you had the video game for really yeah nice um it has the uh barry boswick is that his name yeah yeah the guy that was in the michael j fox sitcom and in rocky horror Yeah. Uh, Yeah, 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 yeah yeah it's such a weird movie it's so bizarre and uh she's in it as sort of like a tough agent who is uh who is uh, partners with uh, what's his name Edward Malher, the guy, the guy that played Devin on Knight Rider. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a tripping problem. We're out here in the desert. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but she has hair in that movie. Well, I assume she had hair in almost all of her roles, but she didn't do a whole lot. MacGyver, Hunter. I mean, this was kind of like the height I think of her. I don't want to say that. I shouldn't say that because I don't know if that's true. But she didn't light it up. Let me just say it's. Yeah. Based on her IMDb, I'm sure she has a very full life. Uh, well, she passed away from cancer, so. Oh, shit. 
So oh, not really, God. I guess. What a dick. <laughs> oh my God. Cut that part out. I'm so sorry. Oh, like a long time ago too. It's not even like recent. When the uh, it was 1998. 1998. Whoa, what an asshole I am. I'm sorry. It's the beer talking. All right. Well, more beer. <laughs> See here, Kirk. Kirk that's a that's a metaphor for Kirk just feeling alone and wanting to recapture the glory days. I love mm-hmm. the music at this part here. Should we turn up the volume? And- Pump it up. Pump up the volume, yeah. It's pretty neat. But like, and then when it like it it crescendos when when Spock enters the the shot. I've also built this model too. Really? Yeah, and I made it so that it has a little. Well, it came with little magnets, and I made it so that if you put the top on and the bottom, I put these two little. Uh, things on there so that when you connect them the top part lights up no and then way. when you take it off it stops then when you put it back on it, it goes back on again you become quite the little electrician yeah i can do i can do a thing or two with electrical stuff nice and you just all from youtube just... yeah and then <laughs> just figuring things out on my own there you go see this part where the the music comes in and it it does this little Ding, 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 and then it swells after that, after he blows off Chekhov. <laughs> blows him off. <laughs> oh, Chekhov looks so sad there. He's like, yeah. ew. I Spock comes in with his graduation robe. It's nice. I like it. They use that robe a lot. Did, isn't that the one they buried him in? I think so. It's a robe for all seasons. <laughs> Spock. <laughs> Wow, there it really is like it's like it's like high school all over again, man. I know, but this is his old friend. I mean, yeah. it's pretty cool. Imagine if I didn't see you for like 10 years. Well, at this rate, it How might be. <laughs> I know. That's true. But we're talking at least. Yeah, yeah that's true. There, give me that, dude. Noob. <laughs> What's going on with the ball guy back there? Just hanging out. That guy's just creeping around. He's a creep, man. <laughs> he needs to like. He, he's just hitting on people in the this ship's ten forward. Yeah. It's like, hey, the, the, I guess that was on the. That would have been too. nine. There he nine is. Forward, yeah. Hey, ladies. Look at how they didn't like blur me out. Yeah. They blurred around just near me, yeah. but not me. Yeah. Guys, I was on the bridge today. <laughs> Everybody, yeah, it's just, it's like everyone's a wreck. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, Spock, good to see ya. Yeah. Cock blocked. Yeah. 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 Trying to get with the hoorah. Oh, yeah. Your name is Jim. That's what I wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, that went well. Yeah. <laughs> I think they reused this shot in Wrath of Khan as well. And the the only time here where you got the original series uh, theme, or the first time. Yeah. And the only captain's log. Oh. Of course, he's the famous joke. Yeah. It looks like he's got a Game Boy there. Yeah, he's yeah. playing with fiber he's optics. With Tetris. 
Actually, it looks like a digital camera on a on a. Yeah, like a GoPro. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I've since I haven't seen you in a long while, Jim. I've been video blogging. <laughs> Haven't you been following me on Instagram? No, he has a Please. TikTok. <laughs> yeah, right. TikTok. Instagram. Here he is, bro. He's going to play warp. tennis. What did you say? He's going to play tennis? Yeah, at least kind of like it does. I, li- I like his tennis outfit. I feel that Shatner is probably in the best shape, even like original series oh, yeah. he's in the best shape in this movie that he ever had been in probably, probably. that's like how how old was he uh, at the time let's see i'm gonna find he's out. in his mid 40s yeah well you know what's funny is i never knew until i listened to some of that book that you sent me that in star trek 2 he is celebrating his 50th birthday i never knew what birthday it was actually yeah. until he said it because they never say it in the movie they just say he's no, getting old. yeah yeah they don't. But uh, apparently it coincided with Shatner's actual 50th. Interesting. Here's my favorite line of the whole movie. What Spock says here. I just I love that. <laughs> That's it, a pretty good insult yeah, right there. He's just it? like, shut up, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and he just probably called him an inhuman son of a bitch. Yeah. That's a, that was all Bones could really yeah. muster up. You green-blooded... Uncomfortable seventies couches. They look yes, like a good idea which in IKEA. Made out of wooden boxes <laughs> with and then they just put like, you know, felt over it. And you know how uncomfortable it was in them to sit, so this yeah, scene must be really tough. Twice as bad. Yeah. It's like now we have to sit and act. Please sit down. <laughs> so it like, really my, hurt my oh. dick. <laughs> <laughs> Ow, 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 yes, ow. Oh. Oh. <laughs> All right, I have, to, I, uh, my... I have to step away for one second, fellows. Oh, okay. but you're the one who drops all the knowledge. Yeah, I'll drop the knowledge. I'll be back in, I in can, like one I minute. Can, I can drop knowledge here. See, I'll just... Clay, give, us, give me some knowledge. Please, Ben, keep it up. So I'll be right back. <laughs> well, I don't know anything <laughs> about this particular long dialogue scene that hasn't already been covered. Well, this is good, though. I mean, this is this is what the series is about, as we talked about Spock, Kirk, McCoy. About the characters. Uh, no. Yeah, this is about the characters. This is what it's... Uh, back to one of the costumes that, that rolled by uh, as we were watching this that I wanted to comment on was the, the engineering radiation suits. Those things look fucking cool. Those are pretty cool. Yeah, I did like those. I, I I noticed that. I didn't mention it. We were talking, but yeah, the the Scotty with the white and the uh, those are pretty cool looking. They look like they Every actually time... serve a purpose. It's not just for funsies. Yeah, yeah. In um in the original series, there's like a ton of their kind of like expedition suits and like kind of like riffs on like what NASA was doing at the time and kind of spacesuits in there. And then they actually, in the um, yeah. 2009 reboot, they they sort of reference the costumes for the... Um, remember when they, he's in the volcano and everything? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those yeah, are kind yeah. of, those are kind of based thing. on... Oh, nothing. We were just talking about 2009. But those are kind of based on the um, 
the the designs of like some expedition suits they had in the original series too. Sweet. We were talking about costumes. we were talking about the the Scotty like yeah the engineering the white sort of uh, oh yes the cool yeah. the puffy the Michelin man suit yeah 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 Peter the Preston puffed marshmallow man <laughs> suit yes I yeah, feel like hamburger I feel like yeah. Kirk hamburger and Gore could go out and play tennis together they could do a <laughs> have a nice little doubles match yeah doubles. Good thing we all have our sunglasses. <laughs> so as, when uh, this was my first experience with Star Trek was with this movie coming out. I saw it with my father Go on. in in uh, when I was in second grade during Christmas break of 1979. Um, and I became a fan after that. And in fact, I made my own little always... paper. Delta. Yeah. Did you, I made a paper delta. Related to your excursion here with your dad, was Christmas it's, movies always kind of a thing for in either of your families? Was this were these movies a thing for my family? No, I'm sorry. I, I if you couldn't hear me, Christmas. Yeah, I did. Movies. Christmas movies. Like uh, going out with your family was that like always a thing? It never was in my no. family, but I always know a lot no, of no, I'm, in fact, Around. usually if I saw a movie, it was because of mine and Derson's mutual friend, Scott, whose mother would take us to the movies. <laughs> well, yeah, there were definitely a few years where I would beg any adult to take me to the movies. Like, and I would mm. see movies, like especially Star Wars and Star Trek movies, multiple times with any adult that would drive me, basically. <laughs> yeah, but it was usually... Either my parents, or but most often Scott's parents. Yeah, or your grandfather. Used or my to. grandfather. That's right. He was always good for a ride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I saw this uh, at the Hanover Mall, 1979. I made my little paper Delta Shield thing that I would tape onto my my shirt, which I fortunately I never received bullying because I had liked Star Trek, um, and. I needed special shoes as a kid. Now, this is making me sound like way more dorky than I really was. But, like, because I had flat feet, I needed to wear particular types of shoes. And I didn't like these shoes until the guy at the shoe place saw that I had my little paper. Paper. Oh, my God. Paper. That's my Boston accent. You are old. My, paper. My paper. My paper. My paper Star Go Trek arrow paper. on my shirt. And he's like, this is the same kind that Mr. Spock and Captain Kirk wear. And I was like, fuck, yeah, I'll take these. <laughs> Sign me up for like six pairs, and uh, that guy fooled me into getting sh- corrective shoes. Wow. <laughs> also, I'd like to point out that uh, we had a uh, in fifth grade we had this little miniature human skeleton that the teacher was like, "Let's come up with a name for it," and I suggested Doctor McCoy because his nickname was Bones. So, yes. So we voted on it, and Doctor McCoy won. And I don't know how I didn't get any wedgies then, but I didn't. Oh, I guess it wasn't because, as big a thing yeah. later. Right? Ah! I, I think to, people start so bullying we know, we all Star Trek fans until the late 80s. I think, yeah, I think it was, it was different. You didn't bully people just for being nerds, I guess, maybe. I don't know. Maybe in our school. I don't know. Maybe. We all had the same fifth grade teacher, by the way. On. I think I think we probably talked about her on the podcast. We probably desecrated her. <laughs> you know. 
<laughs> she was she was awful to have as a teacher. <laughs> I hated fifth grade so much. She was just a mean person. Like, yeah, mean, I probably meanie. would be mean too if I, if I had to deal with a bunch of ten year olds every single day. You're so brave. Was that the same lady that was uh, giving yeah. treatment to Chewy? Give Chewy the oh yes. That looks so like if you, you could put those two scenes side by side. They look like the same actor. Yeah, you were talking about the side by side views and the different effects. <laughs> that would be a good one. It's so brave. Here we go. This is, this is Kirk. Spock. His... Spock. Spock. <laughs> this is a Kirk yelling down at Scotty, yelling at Spock. This is, yeah, this is, this is a classic track right here. Yeah. Bunch of reaction shots. And this thing's slowly coming at them. Spock playing his double keyboard like the guy from Duran Duran. <laughs> <laughs> and Kirk is doing that flippy around thing in the chair. By the way, good. these these effects were redone in the in the director's cut too. To just yeah. like show a screen, it actually showed it coming in front of the Enterprise and then fizzling out. Mm-hmm. They they didn't. When we think of like when people redo movies, they didn't nail it like they do it like they, they do now. I mean, they kind of nailed it like like watching the original series with the with the CGI like stuff in it. Like that that's cool. But like I don't I don't like the original when... series CGI stuff. It looks too video gamey to me. Oh. Yeah, I mean it's, it's... It can, I guess it kind of takes Sorry, I didn't mean to burst your bubble, but Oh, that, that's a but I, I just I just think that like there's a lot of movies like like Blade Runner like this movie that just they don't exactly nail it with the director's cut or yeah how no, they try to fix I, I actually mistakes, don't like you know most I mean? of the effects in the in the director's cut I don't think they're I, yeah. good. I but think there's only were... really so much you can do sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this was made in 1979. Sorry, I almost seventy seven again. But uh yeah, there's only so much you can do. It's, and like I also sometimes have like a sort of a negative, like, oh god, here we go. Like, you know, like the movie we saw was the movie. And I'm I mean, I'm sometimes that's just the way it is. But I, I think George Lucas ruined me for like, you know, special editions and re, you know, whatever. For sure. Yeah, like how many? Terrible. If you look on even on like the iTunes store or like wherever we're digital, whatever stores, look for Blade Runner. Try to figure out which is the right one to watch. Yeah, there's so many. It's completely ridiculous. Um, I only saw the theatrical cut of Blade Runner, and I didn't like it. And it's most kind of, most of the times, slower than this. I think. Yeah, yeah. Most of the times, the most recent one. The most recent up-to-date special collector's edition, this or that, isn't the best one to watch. Like if they make it so many times, right. sometimes it's like the third one they made is the good one, but not the most recent one. <laughs> I think that's the case with yeah. Whatever. Sometimes it's a money. Sometimes it's a money grab, and they're just trying to make more money on a DVD or whatever, you know, to to throw another version out there. It's just it's ridiculous. This is not a perfect movie, but. Uh, it is what it is, and it you kind of get lost like these guys are just staring out the the view screen here. Like, 
<laughs> that's kind of how I am yeah, when I'm watching the movie. It's this... kind of like, whoa. <laughs> well, it's like you know? the effects are 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 good, but they're I like the computer just stuff. a lot of them. Like this, these are apparently like you know painted uh, like layers of airbrush paintings on top of each other that they they filmed. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty neat when you cool. think about like how it, it was made. But, but as it, a movie, yeah, it's kind of slow. Like one of the things in the director's cut that I do like is it gives you sort of it actually shows the entire V'ger ship, which is not in this yeah. version of the movie. You only see little bits of it. It shows you the actual V'ger ship over Earth, um, and I think that helps you understand where you are in relation to things. Uh, whereas in yeah, this, because... it's just of people staring at a screen with yeah, their it is hard like, to grasp the scope of V'ger yeah. when it's just you don't really see anything it's kind of yeah. weird and this is good too like when they you know they're going from like a lot of people watching black and white tv for a really long time and then like now having color tvs in their house like for a few years and this is like taking what they know and love as star trek and really putting it on the big screen it's like kind of like putting it out like a star trek in imax you know it's like look at yeah how what we could have done on a movie budget like look at all this big crazy space stuff look at the ship and all yeah. the, you know that that part is very cool yeah it just kind of looks is. like the the images of your brain in a commercial like about you have a headache <laughs> Take some Tylenol. <laughs> yeah. Don't it might cause diarrhea. <laughs> I mean, yeah, these are just, just like there's so the... many reaction shots to the same blue thing. It's just kind of like, like there's like every yeah. I have a headache. Get I get it. <laughs> Stop taking it if you if you're allergic. Well, th- this movie was so rushed that there was no time to really. He d- essentially would get effect shots, and then they just drop them in, you know. Right. Which is why this is so slow. Which is yeah. I don't think we mentioned earlier there was no premiere, there, or there was no like audience no screening. Test- I should say. Yeah. yeah, no test screening. It went right to the premiere. Yeah. It, Robert Wise apparently showed up with yeah with the can. Yeah. If that's my favorite the story about this whole movie. He had never seen it. <laughs> yeah, he saw it like three days before the premiere right. or something like that, just a couple of days. Yeah. And then they, they did a little trimming, but there was no there, there was really no time to do much of anything with it. And he literally had it with him on the plane going yeah. from Yeah, he carried it on the I, plane. Wasn't it California yeah. to um wasn't it in Washington DC? DC was Washington. the premiere? Yeah. That's Imagine wild. the director just taking the movie <laughs> for a big budget Hollywood movie. Not like if I made a movie, or, or, well, we did make a movie. We did, yeah, but you didn't take the, you didn't take it with you to the premiere. Oh, we didn't have film cans, that's for sure. We had a VHS tape. <laughs> you had like some soda um, cans. Yeah, yeah, was a... <laughs> but it is kind of funny, I guess. We're, yeah, we're getting off track a little bit, but. Uh, like, yeah, we, we ran around the woods with a video camera and made a movie. It was called Thirst and the Firestarter. And when you, when you think about like sort of necessity is the mother of all invention, right? It's like, well, we work with what we got and that's what it, I'm not comparing my, you know, us to Robert Wise, but I mean, like, these are the effects that you have. Yeah. yeah. And 
do the best you can. Like it's you don't have CGI or whatever. You you have a couple kids with a lighter and a can of hairspray, and you're gonna try to make this guy look like he's shooting fire. How do we do it? Okay. <laughs> like it's it's the same principle, really. I guess yeah. is what I'm saying. I loved on those old Super Eight. Not it's not Super Eight. What was it called? High Eight. Those those cameras we used back then. They would have like where you could do um like in camera edits where you could just kind of pause the recording so you wouldn't have to edit out like a little glitchy thing later. It would just like pause it. But then if it's if it stops the tape and hard to restart it again, you would have like the glitchy edit thing in there. Yes. But sometimes you could do like cool like in camera edits or like uh do that to make like stop motion animation and stuff. Oh man. The 90s are great. <laughs> the 90s were great. So, so um, this thing here where you're actually seeing V'ger, they were doing stuff like, you know, you've got a fog machine in the background and you've got a, a source of light or a laser or something. And then there's a, a, a velvet black curtain behind that because the effects team was still building the model on the other side of that. <laughs> Whoa. At the same time, like hammering yeah, away, filming stuff. They're <laughs> oh they're God. building things. That's how like rushed this production was. Mm-hmm. Amazing. But yeah, and if you read Shatner's book, like it's amazing. Any of these movies got made, really. Yeah. Each time they made a movie, they thought it was going to be their last. <laughs> There's a there's specks of dirt on the on the lens too. If you can see that. <laughs> oh, I yeah. thought that was my surface screen. You know, Roddenberry is an interesting guy because I mean, he like kind of screwed a lot of people over. And, oh yeah, and, like you know, like he's not like you know the the great bird or whatever they call him. Like he I is like, like he has a singular. Bird. Sing, singular vision and he brought like a lot of positivity and this is star trek is his but um you know he like you know yeah, he, he, he would he, take a lot of credit for stuff that he didn't do yeah he's not actually the one that came up with the whole concept of the federation and uh and i was telling the missus one day about how ron mary wrote lyrics to the original series theme so that every time that the show was run He'd get a kickback on it, you know. He'd get a percentage of that, the royalties on, on yeah. that song. What What were the lyrics? I oh, wonder. I don't even know. It's just, Star I, Trek. Yeah, just something. You, they are out there. You can find nice. them. Well, they totally removed him after this, as far as any yeah, creative. Yeah, he was he was such a a pain yeah. to work with. He was always a pain to work with, and he'd always make it sound as though it was him against the studio, when really he was just he had kind of an abrasive personality and just rubbed people the wrong way a lot of times. Yeah. And he was and really the like show wasn't gone. Uh, he, he, he did stuff like sold the cells to like the film, like stuff that he, the studio would really be holding on to. He like took a bunch of shit and like sold a bunch and like mm. sold out all the merchandising rights and was running his own company. Like, on the side with all of like the Star yeah. Trek, Lincoln Enterprises. You know what I mean? Yeah, like he like made, but like there's just certain people like that that you don't, you know, 
say that oh you can't do that they just get away with whatever until somebody like has to make a rule that says no you can't sell these things yeah. because they're actually property of the studio like some people just right. are there's certain people that just go for every little opportunity and try to fucking get away with as much shit as possible and that's what he tried to do a lot yeah yeah, well, I he, he I suppose he felt he didn't get what was coming to him, right? It's like the guy, oh, this Star Trek is mine. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, uh, and, that's what and the reason that I think ultimately Star Trek went off the air was because NBC got tired of dealing with Roddenberry. It wasn't, you know, so that's why they stuck it on a shitty time slot, slot and and whatnot. So they just hated dealing with him. And there's <laughs> a fantastic series of books. Uh, called These Are the Voyages that go in-depth on each episode. It's a season-per-season season, uh, series of books, uh, and it's it's a fantastic peek behind the curtain, including Ron Berry's notes, uh, Bob Justman, the producer, his notes on episodes and things like that, story development. It's great. Highly recommend it. I, I'm going to piggyback off of that and recommend one of my favorite podcasts, which is very similar to slash includes a lot of the stuff you're talking about. It's on the Roddenberry uh, website, the Trek files. Oh and yeah. They have production that. notes there. What's really cool about this podcast. It's really pretty short. So there'll be like one letter about one production element and any, any Star Trek, like from the you know, original series and next gen and whatever. And they have tons of guests and producer people that worked on the show come on and they say like, here's a letter from from Robert Wise to Gene Roddenberry about the costumes or something. And they'll just talk about it like for mm-hmm. a little while. And uh mm-hmm. it's super cool. It's and they they talk one of the things that they go into a lot is the letter writing campaign that brought Star Trek back to the third season, which the third season wasn't really that great, but hey, it had a couple good episodes. Uh, no, third season was. And, and I'm not even sure entirely if the letter writing campaign had as much to do with it as as the legend They always say it has made it up. But, <laughs> well, um, they were going to make well, another one, but as we said, this movie was supposed to be another TV show. Yes, but back in the 60s, mm. uh, between two, season two and three, when they did that letter writing campaign uh some of the 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 reasoning behind it apparently from what i have read was that star trek was one of the shows that was shot in color at the time and rca Mm. had some sort of partnership or something with nbc and they're like uh because if you look back then there's a lot of advertising promoting star trek in color buy an rca tv and color tv and that i think that had a lot to do with it as well Hmm. There's right, always another it, reason, right? It's never yeah. just like, oh, people like Star Trek, we'll bring it back. Yeah. Uh, there's always there's, something. There's always a financial reason. So Right. Uh, all right. I broke the seal, so I'll be right back. Oh, oh, see. Now we gotta talk again, Clay. Clay, what do you got? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh thankfully I have a a very good page up right now. Let's see if it's gonna give them to us. I have the lyrics. To, oh. to the Gene Roddenberry. Star Trek theme song. Oh my god. Gene Roddenberry, the show's creator, wrote lyrics to the theme song. Beyond the rim of the starlight, my love is wandering in star flight. Oh god. Beyond, <laughs> um, should I give it is an it, acapella? Beyond, uh, beyond the rim 
Rhythm of the Starlight. Right? I assume that's how it would go. It's wondering it's a fight. <laughs> but just how he's just how uh John was saying said why the article goes on to say why would this is on mentalfloss.com uh-huh. why would Roddenberry even bother? The lyrics were never meant to be heard on the show. Because it is, I suppose, just the person NBC who made who wrote the score. Yeah. But uh, he <laughs> wanted to get the lyrics in there so that he could get co-writer credit. Here's the uh. next line. I know he'll find in star-clustered reaches love, strange love, a star woman teaches. I mean, this oh, is all man. about a little bit of foreshadowing. Uh-oh. Those are terrible out. lyrics. I mean, I'm not. Yeah, but think about Kirk <laughs> trying to find. Uh, are you star- reading the Star Trek? Oh, obviously, Kirk. Yes. Yeah, and green yes. women and yes. whatever. But yeah, it's Clay unearthed the Gene Roddenberry nice. lyrics. Yeah, they're pretty terrible. Yeah, those are bad. Okay, now here it is in more like poetic form. Beyond the rim of the starlight, my love is wandering in star flight. I know he'll find in star clustered reaches. Love, strange love a star woman teaches. Something you want to start see. Sounds like a uh, Muppet remember, show. Yeah. Remember me. Remember her, me. Now sing it to the Star Trek theme. <laughs> yeah. I would here, be but... able to do that if I was like a talented person, but I'm not. I would need to <laughs> play it and look at it. Come on, John's got the karaoke oh, thing going. Oh, <laughs> beyond the star cluster. <laughs> <laughs> I've had my almost all my thirty-two ounces, so I'm pretty uh, pretty toasted right now. Just so you know. Yeah. I'll, I'll sing whatever. Yeah, you want baby. Me. I'll sing the Klingon. Or those thing. lyrics to Durst and have him sing some Star Trek <laughs> lyrics. I bet you don't get that on any other fucking Star Trek commentary track. That's right. <laughs> And they, they were all clamoring for it. Uh, I had some I things I wanted to talk about Gene Roddenberry. I can't remember any of them now. Oh, what a weirdo he was. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Well, okay. Here's one of the things that he always liked to be like, oh, the studio, they were so dumb. They didn't realize stuff with Majel Barrett, right? Mm-hmm. Which, because she played number one on right. uh, in the uh, original Cage pilot. And uh, the studio's like, we don't like this, we don't like that, we don't want the woman, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, well, then all we did was put a blonde wig on her and changed her to Nurse Chapel, and then the uh, studio was none the wiser. The studio knew exactly what he was doing. What they didn't like was that his mistress was on the set all the time. Uh, right. Because they were not married at the time. And then, of course, right. Gene also had a thing going with Nichelle Nichols. Uh, oh so God. he was quite... Uh, like the Casanova. Yeah. And, and Majel Barrett didn't. She's the voice of the ship's computer, right? She is. And in fact, she, I, yes. Uh, in fact, she was supposed to be the voice of the ship's computer in the 2009 one. And then oh. I think she died just prior to them being able to. Or, or she did do it and she wasn't in the Into Darkness. I do not recall. Sorry, Star Trek fans. I know. Please write to us and correct us on all no, of these things yeah, that we've Yeah, please about. do that. Yeah. I will dismiss all of your criticisms because I fucking worked on Star Trek with DC Fontana, so don't you lecture me. <laughs> yeah, bitch. Although, although uh, on one of the, the 
comics that I worked on, the Klingon was getting shot. The thing was like, don't forget to make the Klingon blood the correct color. <laughs> and I wrote back, I blanked. I had to write to them and go, what color is Klingon blood again? I know my nerd license is going to be revoked for not knowing this. What is pink? Wow. I don't pink. Pink. Oh, okay. Oh, of course. From Star Trek Six. Yeah. They shoot all the guys and pink blood. And at the end, he goes, "This is not Klingon blood." Yeah. And it's red because it's red because it's a man. Yeah. A human I man. I always want to say, country. "I'm afraid." I, does he say, "I'm afraid I'll have to agree with Admiral Cartwright," or I'm forced to agree with Admiral yeah, Cartwright? But every time someone in our email chain about something. Like we're like, do you want to do this? Do we want to do this? And I always want to say I'm one agree with Admiral Cartwright in this, but I always feel like no one's going to know the reference I'm making. Of course, I know the reference. Well, you will, but I didn't know about uh, Joush and uh, Clayford J. Listen, uh-huh. if I don't know something, I look it up and I just I, I smile. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, hey, like, I don't know, I do that. One of our obscure references. You know, I know that. Play notes. I like it. So here's we where we only have like three. Yeah. So, yeah. Here's where the movie becomes about a clenched butthole. <laughs> where they keep referring to the orifice. I know there are Point. lines that Uhura has to say, like, it's coming out of the <laughs> whatever. It, it does they, look like a clenched butthole. And they didn't even know at the time. It was just a funny script. Yeah. Uh, the script girl. <laughs> I have the workaholics guys come on here and be like, tight butthole. Yeah. Oh, so we need to make this thing look like a butthole. Can you do that? <laughs> Can do. All right. Whoa, make it look the, like a lotus flower butt. opening. <laughs> you mean a butthole? <laughs> well, I bet you yeah, don't get that on any Star Trek commentary either. That's right. You don't get a couple of toasted guys talking about <laughs> <laughs> singing Star Trek lyrics, talking about uh, buttholes. I know buttholes. And there's the alarm again. It's like they paid some company to do it. We're getting our money's worth out of this alarm. I like the um, like soundproofing thing on the uh, and the turbo lift thing. Also, turbo That's... lift in the movie version of the Enterprise, they've got them on both sides. Whereas in the TV show, they only had one. Where people fans would complain and go like, "What happens if there's an emergency and that doesn't work?" Also, uh, she's in the shower the and then suddenly it's closed. <laughs> I mean, what's she washing her hair? That's crazy. <laughs> Sorry, I'm sure that joke has been made thousands of times. But not by you. Not by me. You guys know that comedian Mitch Hedberg? He has that joke about the escalator. Do you guys know the joke I'm about to say? Nope. No. It's, Please. It's like, uh, it's like uh, I, w- I went to the mall and said the escalator is out of service. There was a sign that says "temporarily stairs." <laughs> <laughs> well played, whatever your name was. Mitch R.I.P. Mitch I went, to, I went to Target the other day, and the up escalator was out of service, and like people were standing at the bottom of it, figuring, trying to figure out like what to do. <laughs> people was like, there's literally it. a staircase right next to it too. It's like, do you know how these work? They're called stairs. I feel like her acting gets better at this point when she becomes a robot. That's not me being sarcastic. I actually feel that way. But I mean, yeah, when she was basically on, talking like this. Feeling it. I was just more in character for her. And this does 
this costume design kind of, I feel like, bridges the gap between original series and the movie. Like, everything looking so different. This could, she could just easily be from a season two episode. I feel like she could appear alongside uh, Buck Rogers in that 70s series. Yeah, I can, I can see that. I'm this guy back here. Too that guy in the middle. <laughs> those, they reused yeah, that those those security things uh, at least up until Star Trek Three. Yeah, I remember. Thurston, what was yeah. that thing we talked about with uh, Gary Wolf? That's like um, his football comic book. His football yes, thing. it looks it looks very much like he, he does, like right? an old school football guy. Yeah, like a leatherhead or whatever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Gary Wolf, our, our good, good friend, uh, creator of Roger yeah. Rabbit. Who framed Roger Rabbit, writer, yes. I believe there's a pop culture episode about Roger Rabbit, although I haven't gotten to it yet, so I won't say that for sure. But mm. uh, I feel like Shatner's acting in this is good. Uh, I think he was yeah. good up I... until four or three or four i mean i think you and i talked about this once where you said like the last time that he was a serious actor was star trek 2 and then he started to become a parody of himself after that yeah i think i did say that and i stand by it yeah i agree but he's still good can i say something um probably not controversial to you guys who know how positive (laughs) i am about anything yeah Uh, i think that uh i don't mind that when he leans into it you know what I mean? Well, I mean, there is something to be said for just like Shatner. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I will listen to his version of um, Lucy in the Sky. No, no, Common People. I love Lucy. In oh the Sky yeah, Times, too. <laughs> Common come, People. Come, oh, when I yeah. listen to Common People, I hear his voice in my head going, <laughs> "I want to live like Common People." So I mean, it's still <laughs> funny, but as far as just like non-hammy Kirk. These next two movies are it. Like after yeah. that, it's it's too much. Yeah, four is when it really kind of yeah, four where he is... becomes comedic Kirk. Yeah. Three, it's like the transition. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fine. I'll go for it's three, like, three is the transition. Three is when he starts He's to become, pretty yeah. serious in three. But there are parts of family. He, he needs he needs a good director uh, to mm. keep him in line. So you're saying Leonard Nimoy was not. Larry Nimoy was was a, a a decent director because he could only kind of keep him in line. The uh, the at the end when he kicks Krug off the when I have had enough of yeah. you. I mean, like ten year old Matt Derson or however old I was thought that was the best thing in the world. But come on, it's pretty it's pretty yeah, cheesy. And a lot of people make reference to, to that scene now when they're doing something like a funny action scene. Seems like something I would do in like South Park or something. You know, <laughs> make a reference to it. And they may have. I don't know. They may have. But I have to say, I'm sorry, he directed The Final Frontier, but the scene where he's like, I, I don't want you to take my pain. I need my pain. I still am like, yeah. yeah. I like that. I'm but <laughs> when, we get, when we get to that movie, I'll talk about the that scene altogether. The DeForest Kelly part of that scene is amazing. That's Yeah. No, it's acting talent. <laughs> There's a little Futurama reference for you. Shatner's got sort of um, hairy those arms. Sideburns. Yeah, he's got some hairy arms and those sideburns, man. Oh. Wow. Those are like those, the those big the fatty best. version yeah. of the... I still... I kind of do an original series 
um, sideburn. <laughs> well, then <laughs> you like, bought your like sideburns the... after William Shatner. Uh, I definitely do, yeah. Uh, I'm going but, for uh, a, a bone, uh, you know, a 70s McCoy kind yeah, of. Yeah, cocaine bone. Like disco, disco McCoy. Yeah. <laughs> disco D. <laughs> <laughs> this skirt is pretty short. I don't know if she uh, noticed. <laughs> you can almost see up it in the reflection. <laughs> oh, oh. Another Gene Roddenberry knew what he was doing. Well, Gene Roddenberry was like, you know, he was I don't, they, they don't talk. They, he they're, was a creep. Oh, he was super <laughs> pervert. You know, that, and that's what bugs me about people talking about the fucking snowflakes taking over Star Trek and making it the libs. And I was like, Roddenberry was the biggest liberal going. He was like all about sex and fucking smoking weed and getting high and yeah. just living a nice fucking pacifist life. 82 back there. Stationable. Yes. Yeah, how about that? But yeah, I mean, like, sometimes things have changed for the better. Like, snowflakes? I mean, no, we just made it not creepy. How about that? Yeah. Sort of. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> but my point being is that when people talk about, like, the, the libs taking over Star Trek, I was like, the lib was always in charge of Star Trek. I right, mean, right, all right. you have to do is the. But I think a lot of conservatives like the sort of, like, um, the military aspect of it, the, the, the very controlled, but here's like, this guy is this rank there. And like, well, so it, there's a little something yeah. for everyone is what I'm trying to say. Oh, right. that is a very good like, point. Like Ron Barry yeah. got so into his own message that he started to believe it, where he's like, there's not going to be any human drama. Like there's no disagreements. That's why the first couple seasons of next generation are not good. And that's why this movie is boring because Roddenberry was believing his own crap that he was telling people at uh, conventions and stuff. And that's when he got kicked out of the movies and other people took over who understood his creation more than he did at that point. And that's how they were able to turn things around. Wow. Nice. Fucking A. Well, it's kind of funny because, yeah, like if you watch Trekkies, you know, like when the when the convention started and how it, it's kind of crazy. That's a whole other aspect of Star Trek. We could do a whole podcast on that. Like yeah. Star Trek was the thing that started these conventions. Yes. Like, it's pretty amazing. And that kind of was Star Wars. I, uh, Star Wars. I think some Star Trek fans also like they, they think of this one thing. And I, I don't, I'm not getting political here, but they think of the one thing where it's like, the world. I thought the guy was naked back there. Is, <laughs> the world. Sorry. He does look naked. <laughs> See, every time Roddenberry was a free spirit, he's like, right. just gonna have he's like, like yeah. 70s guy naked working at the. Fuck, he's gonna <laughs> smack him on the on the rear end. <laughs> right now. I love his. Hey, do you want a massage? Story. Oh. Harvey Livingston came in and ruined Harold. Harold. That Livingston. guy has like a porn mustache too. That guy's way seventies. What were you saying before this, Clay? I, Sorry, Clay. I, I, was, I ruined. I was saying that there's the the jump that you make in Star Trek where you where the one the world is united. We're Earth. Like we're the human race. You know, like we're like. You know, an outside threat comes to us. We think that, like, an outside threat comes to us that we would, like, just be, okay, we're just Earth now. We're not all these different countries. But it's almost like coronavirus is, uh, you know, 
trying to make us be like an opportunity to be like more like Star Trek and be just one Earth, but obviously we're far from that it's gonna happening. Be, it's going to be a long time, but if we can get rid of money like they did on Star Trek, I'd be psyched because I don't have any. And uh, if we were all just like, oh, pursuit of knowledge is our, <laughs> then I'm I'm good. I'm good with that. You socialist bastard. Well, if I had money, I wouldn't feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But I never really thought about how maybe like not whatever conservative people, but like even people that like fetishize like military so like i like reading about i'm reading a bunch about world war one right now and uh i like that stuff too like you know so there is that appeal to to whether they're conservative or not just people that like the kind of military rank and and it's some it's a little navy it's a little coast guard it's a little army like how they do their ranks but admirals their ships yeah, well, that, that was the, the note the that Roddenberry was giving Harv Bennett when they came to make the second movie. He's like, Star Trek, like, Starfleet's not a military operation. He's like, what are you talking yeah, about? Not. He's <laughs> like, there are admirals and there are captains and they've got ships and they shoot torpedoes. You know, <laughs> it's totally a military thing. Yeah. Mm. But it's not, I, it's, well, the Federation isn't um, aggressive trying to take things over. They, they're trying to yes. pursue knowledge not interfere that is a that is a squeezing butthole right there. That is a, <laughs> Old that is a, that's a rough shot right there yeah my friend Spock mike is... used to call it a winking brown eye that's what that is <laughs> oh no i'll never be able to look at beecher's orifice again about that. Lula wasn't wearing any pants back there either. <laughs> Did you ever watch that George Takei uh, documentary that he made about himself? About himself? Didn't no. he make it about himself? No, but I, I'm not surprised. Else someone else made. I don't know. It was interesting, no, but it was sort know. of like it. It starts to drag at a certain point where he starts doing his um, musical about living at the at the internment camps or whatever. The yeah. Oh, a musical about that? Oh, I gotta that, say, huh? yeah, sounds like a Nemo, fun like, idea what? for a musical. Real fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oof, Just yeah. kidding. Uh, the Sorry, thing that I remember was him like eating uh, um, like a little container of yogurt or something, and then he's like eating it, and then he licks like the, the top of the cover, and I was like, why would you leave that in there? <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, and I, I, I mean, I I'm all for George Takei. I'm a fan, but like people think that he's like the most hilarious guy in the world because his social media and, but it's totally not him. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah, not no, writing no, that. No, not him. Come on. By the, by the way, this scene of Spock going into the butthole was originally <laughs> supposed to be a memory wall sequence thing. I'm, I'm not sure they had tried to film it where him and Kirk get like trapped in this wall thing and, covered in like crystals and stuff and it wasn't working uh and so douglas trumbull came in and said let me just do this and shot this whole thing with uh where you see v'ger collecting like i'm trying to get i'm sorry i got us back on subject here but that's good uh, no <laughs> where this is all of v'ger's knowledge of what it's collected and 
all in one place and Spock is like, oh, this is fascinating. I'm, I'm, I'm getting to see what V'ger has seen uh, whole planets and, and starts to figure out V'ger's origin until you get to Ilea and then you say like, Ilea is the key. Yeah, I mean, well, it's kind of, it goes back kind of to what what I was saying. Like, yeah, you, well, that didn't work. Let's do this. I mean, like, it's sort of like you just make it in movies, especially back then, you know? Like, you take for granted now that everybody's just like, we'll just make it CGI. But like, like, like the, oh, um, the Ant-Man. The Ant-Man. The quantum, the quantum yeah. universe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I got to get ready for the final you know maybe they should have got that guy to say this doesn't work in in the last jedi when ray was in her mirror universe doing the snappity snap 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 maybe somebody should have intervened right then we're recording we're recording this on may the 4th star wars day i figured that was the perfect day to record a star trek commentary i didn't realize it until this morning when i realized i had to do a bunch of work Yeah, it wasn't intentional. We just worked it's out a, that. I think I put it on Instagram. I said, we, it's clear we've never really had a plan, and we're never going to really have one. So get used to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah true that. I never really, I mean, when we were kids, May the 4th, wasn't it? It's a very, it's kind of a oh, reason. That, yeah, you know, this has been the last couple of years. Yeah, I don't I don't care. I don't, I don't celebrate I don't, May the 4th. I don't celebrate 2112 Day either, being a Rush fan. It's my wife's birthday. So you do celebrate it. Yeah, I do. I don't celebrate a birthday. I just celebrate right. Rush Day. <laughs> I celebrate the guy's entire catalog all year round, or whatever the line is in Office Space. Michael Bolton. Uh, yeah. I yeah. celebrate his entire catalog. In Ooh. the uh, TV version, there was like a whole scene of Kirk suiting up, and he comes out of the Enterprise and stuff. And the shot wasn't finished. That was supposed to be like the you know the matte painting around where he came out. So he comes out of a part of the Enterprise, and then it's all just. You know, stage uh, rigging and stuff around him. Guys eating at catering. And... Yeah, pretty much. Just like when we saw the guy, the the director the of photography in the original yeah. uh, scene of her coming out of the ship. So back I... in the late seventies and early eighties, there was a, um, uh, a a a pay channel called uh, Starcase, which was sort of like HBO and stuff, and. Um, we had that. My family had that. And it was like an antenna, antenna-based thing. So we had that in like 1980. Um, and it would come on at like 3 in the afternoon. It would be like a regular channel, like a UHF channel. And then at 3 o'clock, you'd switch the box on, and it would become the movie channel of Starcase. Wow. And the movies that I saw on a continuous loop were Superman the movie, The Black <laughs> Hole, and Star Trek the motion picture. They wow. these constantly. It's wow. so funny that you said that because I was just about to share that I remember I had sort of like a fuzzier memory of like my first dealings with this movie and with and with Star Wars. I used to like have to I think on the weekends or something they used to drop me off like to my neighbor's house and they would just plop me in front of the TV and it was like when how long do you think it took for Star Wars and Star Trek to get on to TV after they were in the movie theater? Well, I know I we had we had uh, Starcase uh, in 1980, and this was on there. Star Trek the movie premiered in '83 on ABC, so 
And then Star Wars came on in 84 on regular TV. Wow. That is, I are you just doing that for memory? Like, I am doing that from memory because I That's remember what grades I was in at the time. Oh, my God. Wow. I just remember watching it at my neighbor's house, both of these movies. Yeah. But, I mean, um, when did VCRs come into... They know, were like, late 70s, early 80s. All right, so, I mean, like, I'm sure... Well, when did we get them? I mean, like, you know... Well, my grandparents there, living on the corner, we had that in, like, 82 or 83, somewhere. The first movie yeah. I ever rented was Star Trek Two. So oh, that's nice. the first movie I ever rented at a video store. I would like I to think... point out this, this scene here is the turning point that I was talking about earlier, where Spock is like, logic is not enough. This is where he realized he's like this simple feeling, holding hands, being friends, male bonding, Kirk slash Spock. Flash <laughs> Viger does not understand that because Viger only right. understands logic. Viger doesn't understand emotions. Viger cannot think beyond. Here's what this is. That's rational thought. Viger has no feelings, and this is where the turning point where Spock who was like trying to get rid of all of his human emotions starts to embrace them. And you see that happen throughout the course of the rest of the movies until you get to the right. 2009 movie where he tells his younger self, dude, lighten up, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. don't, don't right. worry about logic. It's okay to feel. Hey, D. And, and well, yeah. Spock is essentially saying he figures out it's okay to be himself and, embraces who he is and this is where this that, is the start yeah right. that's where the the journey begins here the well, human adventure is just beginning yeah when you think about the arc i mean like i love star i don't love star trek 6 but i love the scene where he tells valaris logic is the beginning of wisdom yeah. not the end and that's yeah. like a great spock line i mean yeah and it shows the age you know the maturity of his character yes exactly how about that look at that yeah. Six movies. I, it <laughs> I feel that if we cut 25 minutes out of this movie, you'd have a tight, you know, and like you'd have character arcs Episodes. and you'd see them. But since it takes so long to get to, yeah. you know, Kirk, Spock, McCoy on the bridge at the very end going, look it, we just saved the Earth. And we saw the thing of a new thing. And you want to go back to Vulcan. He's like, no, I'm going to stay here. And we're going to all be pals again. And it's just going to be like the old days, Kirk. And Kirk's like, I found myself, too. I found my place. Yeah. It, was it two hours and ten, two ten? Is that what the running like time of this? Yeah. It and could probably be like 150. And you'd be totally fine with yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the only time, like, the, the on the screen, that's showing V'ger. In the director's cut, they actually show the actual V'ger probe. Probing the butthole. Yes. <laughs> All right, I gotta I like go how... break the seal. Harvey, right, but just Man, I'm just holding it. Why can't you just... <laughs> I can't. Look, if I hold it, I'll die. All right. <laughs> I remember when we had to see Transformers the movie in the theater, and I was like, every four <laughs> seconds? It's a good thing well, I we had, had a few drinks before the movie was the thing. Yeah. So. yeah I'm well, having a few yeah. drinks during the movie. Ginger ale and vodka does it to me. What can I say? All right. Go my, apologies. Do my apologies, <laughs> listeners, Tom, Tim. <laughs> All right, be right back. I, I like how uh, McCoy looks like he just beamed over from the love boat. I know, <laughs> like I know. Has, well, you know he has an yeah, he actual like... medical, he has a medical, like, like a thing that's on a doctor's yeah. thing, like with the snake, Early. but that's not, but yeah. Starfleet has its own medical badge. 
but that not this disposable costume, I guess. He does look like that Captain was the Stupid. retro one. If he had the hat, that would Captain be great. D. Captain D. D. Kelly. <laughs> that was so weird. I was listening. I was like, so hot. D. Kelly. Oh, D. Forrest Kelly. I never, you know. Yes, deep, deep. I mean, this does kind of look video game-ish. Don did say that. I mean, he yeah. said the director's cut looks like a video game, but even now, this looks kind of like a video game. But, but I mean, I look at all these things, and I always say it. I, well, I like these like little map-y things they do here, and in like war games, and to some extent in the. Uh, in episode four where they have like a little like very simple early computer right. graphics i think they look like kind of there's something cool to the aesthetic of that like looks really cool even all the stuff like behind spock over here you're a lot less cynical than than we are clay that's the thing i, I just like i to, think i, I just think know... here's here's what i think clay is clay is um we're like kirk spock and mccoy and Clay is, yeah. I'm McCoy, I think. Right? <laughs> Damn. And, and I'll be Spock and Kirk, you're Kirk. Uh, Kirk, yeah. Kirk. Clay, I'm, you're Kirk. I'm Kirk. You're some, you're like in wow. between. Wait, I don't know. I didn't get that right. Well, uh, maybe I'm, I'm not. I think I was, maybe, maybe. I was trying to make myself the in between person, whereas I'm like kind of cynical and kind of positive. Right. But I didn't get so it I right. I think you're Kirk. You're the Kirk. Be the Kirk. All right, I'll be the Kirk. Uh, you're the Spock then. All right, I'll be the Spock. No, Everything no, is... the Spock. You're oh, the Spock. Shit. You got it. It worked out. <laughs> I'm the Ilea. You're the Decker, and you're the Chekhov. I want to be the guy with the dick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the guy with the big bald head. Comb over. <laughs> yeah. You're the Vulcan the that, that got killed in the transporter. Right. Anyway, They're... I didn't mean to derail everything. No, it's okay. No, I'm, it was... I'm Nigel oh, Barrett. I'm sleeping with Gene Roddenberry. You're sleeping with I'm the Ura, and I'm also sleeping with Gene Roddenberry. <laughs> I'm Gene Roddenberry. <laughs> These computer graphics, okay. So that dry book I was talking about, it's called the Re uh, Return to Tomorrow, I believe. Um, uh, all those computer graphics were like animations that they had to sync up with the camera frame rate. And then, oh, you know, because really? uh, so it sounded like a shit ton of work to do back then. And That's each what one I mean, I have an appreciation for these kind of things because they you see like the beginnings of how they start to make movies better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this, this movie yeah. still does look really good, like on the whole. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the set design goes a long way. I mean, if they were still on the enterprise bridge of the TV show with like the red railings and the, and the wrinkled star map over Spock's console and stuff. You'd be like, what is going on here? But everything <laughs> top notched in this movie. In fact, like the dome above Kirk's, uh, there's like a glass dome over Kirk's chair. That's supposed to be like a mood dome. Very seventies. I, yeah, I noticed that, uh, Wait, would I notice it on here, or was it in the? Is it in the original series too? It's it's in not there. in the original series. It's all, it's only in, in the, this ship. Yes. Right. Okay. Wait, and then, and then if you 
what I don't like about this design of the the bridge is the fact that they have the standing stations where you saw, you know, Mr. 70s bald guy like getting all hey ladies in the background. Um, <laughs> which they fixed uh, when when uh, they redesigned the bridge because they they trashed the bridge after Star Trek 4 or something like that and they redesigned the whole thing for Star Trek 5. Um, and you can see the wear and tear on it in the brief shots in Star Trek Four, like the like the flooring is coming up and it's like rippled and it's not downright. But you're, you're like, ah, I didn't notice that because it's a quick shot. But but that those look for it. this bridge is the same one they used in uh, two and three. Yes, Seems different. And it also uh, doubles as the the reliant reliant bridge in Star Trek Two. Let's hear it for vodka, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what about the Grissom? I, I, what happened? That was probably, probably they probably yeah. did that too. Like um, the Excelsior Bridge in Star Trek Three is a, an original thing, but everyone's like super cheap. But in Star Trek Six, where uh, the Captain Sulu, Ooh, yeah. that's just a redress of the Enterprise Bridge from that movie as well. I feel like the Klingon and bridges are also Kubak like on the bridge. Just from this, yeah. Shatner's <laughs> hairpiece in this, I don't know. Sometimes <laughs> it looks okay, and then sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. There's another, one of my favorite things to get ahead a little bit in this book, when he talks about being brought back on Generations for reshoots, and he had to tape sideburns. He taped oh, a mustache <laughs> on side of his ears like cut a mustache in half and tape it on the side of his face to make a sideburn that's what they could that's all they could do with the major motion picture budget yeah literally cut a mustache in half and And then fast forward to like nimoy having to sit for fucking four hours getting his eyebrows and ears put on yeah and then like they can't even put a like they can't even cover up a mustache on in DC's Justice League. No offense, Clay. I know you like that movie, but that was really bad. I don't like the mustache part. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't we think agree. That that's cool. <laughs> it, the movie has its its problems for. What are you gonna do? I mean, hey, whatever. So, do you remember when they introduced the Apple iWatch a couple of years ago? Uh, in the advertisements, they had a bunch of people talking into wristwatches, and one of them was Kirk from this movie talking into his wristwatch wow. because they abandoned the flip phone communicator in this movie. Everybody's talking in their, but, into, into their wrist. But they went back to the flip phone communicator. They did because that was way better. It is way better. Like, yeah. I know it's not high tech, and I, I'm looking at it now. You're like, whatever. But, like, the flipping of it, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, was As the cool kid. I used to take a stapler and flip it open. I still oh, do that boy, to this day. Yeah, stapler that, around, yeah. I will flip it open and go. And now there's like an app where you can have your phone make that sound and all this stuff, but it's not the same. You yeah, have I have that. It. I've had that for like since I've had an iPhone. That was like the first I thing to, I put I used on to it. I have that app because my friend Tom was like, "Get that app and we can talk." And like, you Star shake Trek. It, it. You shake your phone and it goes. Boop, boop. Yeah, it's, it's not as good though if you don't have an actual flip. No, it has to be the flip. Got to get that. We have um, yeah. we have a a communicator like a plastic one, but it's not one that makes noise. I think you can get ones that like fancy ones that make noise. On my Maybe uh, not fancy ones. Uh, in, <laughs> next to my doorway, entering my office, 
slash in-law apartment, I have, uh, you know, the uh, the communicators that they had on the walls in the original series. So it has a oh. it has a sensor. So that if you walk past it, it goes. Shh, oh. and you press it and it goes. Yeah, it's wow. Pretty- that's Except awesome. I, always, I always forget when I have the sensor on, and it scares me half to death. So I never really <laughs> on. <laughs> one of my favorite jokes in Airplane Two, which is not as good as Airplane One, but when Shatner goes, <laughs> "Yeah, that is the best." <laughs> I always think of blinking and beeping and blinking and beeping. <laughs> oh, this Destroyer Hoorah! Oh, there's a really bad matte painting right there where the Enterprise is all like matte painting, whopped. matte painting. Yeah, it's whopped. Whopped. Matt painting. Matt painting. Can Matt. you imagine? Matt, did Can you, you imagine? No, I didn't. I did not. <laughs> it but doesn't match up at all. Even like the areas of the part that they walk on does not ma- like the painting part is brown and that part is more gray and the Enterprise is all like kind of wonky looking. In the director's cut, they do show the uh, uh, the little octagonal things forming in front of them to walk on. Which is a bad effect in the yeah. in the director's cut, but they said it was intentional. They were trying to make it look Matt like painting. '70s. I like their um, their their jackets here. They sort of look like fire yeah. in a way. Also, <laughs> the Enterprise got a very steep little, slope there. You could go sledding yeah. on that. Woo! They're a little bit like a little bit Bespin Bespin jackets. Little, little Lando. Hey, yeah. why don't you wear me some jacket? Why don't you wear some cool jackets? Oh, I don't know why I said wear me. Because <laughs> I've had a lot of beer. That's why. Here it is. This is kind of like it. <clears throat> this looks kind of like the Star Trek five, like weird thing a little bit. I think where they aren't you God Star Trek, the motion picture and Star Trek five have very similar themes and they're very similar mm-hmm. movies. Uh, other than the fact that yeah. it's a it's a mechanism here instead of a giant floating Santa Claus head, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Isn't this Alan. okay? Now, like, I'm sure this has been brought up. <laughs> Santa Claus, because <laughs> he does like the curly mustache. Yeah, he looks like Santa. I, I'm sure this has been brought up, but I mean, does the V'ger coming to Earth sort of mirror the the? the lightsaber tube that came to earth that they had to get the whales to talk to. I mean, it seems they're a little similar. That's also similar too. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I don't want to sound to like a nerd. To talk. Yeah. To chat. You with do want to sound like you or nerd. whales. Whales. What's with the random like stuff being blurred out in the focus polling in this movie? That's a is cinematography that, is that thing. No, it's it's, it's it they're trying the movie it's just, they're trying to blend shots to make a background and a foreground appear in focus, and it's not a very successful <laughs> result. I don't usually know even notice stuff like that, but like this is like bad. Yeah, it's all over the place in this movie. Yeah, but this is like the big but, moment. Yeah, and you can hear that blast thing movie. when he reads the name i was a big nasa fan when i was growing up so when i saw this oh boy was i excited i had i wish instead of instead of a um instead of a fictional voyager they had used a real one 
Oh, they like made up the number. This is Did they think there would be more or what? what yeah, well, probably. I guess Voyager I don't know. Voyager six. There no, there's a bunch of Voyagers. No, me... there aren't six of them though. <laughs> yeah, there's like nine. <laughs> there's eighty-seven. Let's get into a fight. No, no, I, no I'm going to look it up because I think Trek, there's so numbers. But I mean, did they Voyager do it after? One and I mean, I two. Know. Oh. Maybe yeah. I'm thinking I of think the... I think there was only... The, um, were there only two? I was thinking of... Uh, sometimes, like, the Russian things have, like, numbers that are, like, seven and nine. So you're a commie. Yeah. So, so you're rusky, huh? Some yeah. sort of a commie, no. huh? Well, you go uh, fuck Gene Roddenberry. Of course he's a rusky. <laughs> just like... Just like Uhura did. <laughs> wow, I just cannot look at this Wikipedia page any longer. It's get more boring than this movie. He's some sort of retard or something. <laughs> that was the line. Of trying to... rest. He's a retard. <laughs> when did that come out? 86, I guess? Yeah. yeah. Still okay to say retard back then? Back mm. then, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I saw that. I saw Star Trek 4 on my 14th birthday with ah. my cousin. That was the thing. I, did I talk about this on the podcast before? Where I'd like I had the option to make $50 to go stand in front of a dry cleaners place with Greg Head dressed as a clown. Wait <laughs> people to try to with like a size to try to get more customers. Or I could go see Star Trek 4 with my cousin instead at the at the local cinema that you used to work at, Mr. Durson. Oh, and yeah. And I opted for that one. The 50 bucks, though, in like 1986 dollars. As John well, Hunt would have been yeah. a lot of money. But I was did not want to dress as a clown. <laughs> I did That's not want to totally do that. totally like the Joker movie. That's yeah, I know. You would have been like... Yeah. I was, no, you made, I was 30 I years ahead of the, the curve. <clears throat> I mean, what does it matter? What are you going to do with 50 bucks? I mean, he, he probably luck. lied anyway. It probably wouldn't have been 50. Yeah. He lied a lot, that, that yeah, dude. I, in fact, I think... You could probably count on one hand how many times he told the truth rather than how many times he told the If you're listening, Greg, we're sorry. But we're kidding. It's true. Know, we're kidding. You're still our Nobody's good listening. friend. Kind you of. lied a little bit. Yeah. You lied a little bit. A lot of bit. <laughs> a lot a little bit. He'd be like, yeah, I totally heard that on your podcast. Yeah, he'd be lying. <laughs> hey, sorry. I said you lied on our podcast. Oh, I heard you. But he'd be lying. <laughs> You are with some shiny eyeshadow, huh? There's Man. the talking. There you go. There's the iPhone, the iWatch, or whatever. Yeah. Apple Watch, I guess they're called. Not i. They don't call them i. I don't know. Who cares? He's I hate that company. It, uh, he's wearing it. Um, he's wearing it 80s Swatch style, where you put the watch face on the inside of your wrist. Yeah, synchronized mm. watches, guys. <laughs> Mark Lewis. Well, they did it in in. Khan used it in the second one, but it was yeah, yeah. But he had that all like wired up to his arm or something. Yeah. But I mean, when he's yelling at him, when he yells the Khan, he's like yelling into a watch, mm. a little. So Apple I do have my, I do have my um, Apple Watch. I've never. Oh, I think maybe once, <laughs> once, once I talked on the phone with it. I've been able to like for years, but I've never. It's not like something I'm about to do. It just doesn't seem natural. Like but look, at, there, it like, looked just like Shatner. Yeah, now that hold your wrist like that and be like Shatner, be very dramatic. 
I think you could pull it off. I think it'd be a lot of fun to do it that way. <laughs> pull it off. <laughs> uh, this set. Let's get back, right. back on uh, back on on track here. This set. Uh, you could step on TV. certain certain panels right. of it. Uh, like some of them are wood, and then some of them were sort of like a cheap plastic, and if you and they were color coded. Uh, and if you stepped on the wrong one, you'd fall through. And uh, there was a state hand <laughs> that fell through and got electrocuted. And then Shatner oh was like, God. boy, that's scary. But when it came time to film the scene, Shatner was like, well, I'm not going to, what do you say, hopscotch like a nine-year-old girl. Yeah, to look dramatic. Yeah. So, he, so he did it, and then boom, right through. But right, uh, fortunately didn't, uh, didn't. And there were pictures in, in his book of him falling through the, the set. Uh, he did not get electrocuted. Yeah. But I mean, I don't. I, in a way, I don't blame him on that one. I gotta side with Shatner. They wouldn't allow that. Stoppity like, around. You gotta like just run. I mean, people do their own stunts and stuff like that, but like there was no way they would build a set this dangerous. Now they would be like, <laughs> no fucking way. That's true. I mean, you kind of don't need to make it that dangerous, but no, and they just... they make people do like. Tons of crazy flying stunts. My wiring stuff. is better than this, by the way, and all the That's electrical stuff. That's pretty amazing. Look. Yeah. This is some shitty NASA shit, man. <laughs> yeah. 70s NASA yeah. crap. Yeah. Think they Can't think they say. got us to the moon? They didn't. They didn't. <laughs> no, it was fake. Nobody went to the it moon. It was fake, man. Yeah, that's what they say. Was it Bulls? Bu- Bulls. <laughs> Buzz Aldrin, did he punch that guy in the face who was like, the moon landing never happened and he punched him in the face. Did you ever see that? I hope so. That's pretty good. Yeah, no, it's great. I couldn't remember if it was Buzz Aldrin or someone or one of the other astronauts, but he's just like, like the guy sort of like trapped him, you know, he was like caught him off guard and then he goes, bam, right hook to the face. Maybe that's what they Have teach you guys you ever seen like, Capricorn If anyone says anything about it being fake, you just punch him. It's like wrestlers are trained to do that. <laughs> Old school wrestlers are trained to punch you in the face if you said it was fake. Yeah, it's just fake. Like John Stossel got punched in the face by a wrestler on 2020. Oh, man, that's the worst. Right. That's another episode. But yeah, here we go. You guys ever <laughs> see Capricorn 1, uh, a 1978 film? I know the movie. Has... I have not seen it. Does it have Walter Koenig in it? It has Elliot Gould, James Brolin, Sam Waterston, and O.J. Simpson as the astronauts. Oh, yes. Oh. I know I know the movie you're talking about. Yeah. I have not seen it, but oh, my God. It's got to be great, it's basically, right? Yeah. Like them Let's fake, watch it. Faking the moon landing. <laughs> Let's watch it. Which, which, they say it that, right um, which they say that Kubrick helped. They had Stanley Kubrick help them. Well, you would know, and so would Douglas Trumbull, effects supervisor on this movie. He'd probably be the guy to go. Probably worked on the moon. Who's still alive and still innovating? I'm gonna. I'd like to point out. So. Nice. Whoa! That is very similar to the Star Trek Five. Like, like, what does God need with this? Like I, I do like this ending this where, where Decker, Decker is like, here's, like, I'm willing to make this leap because right. you wanted the Enterprise. I want to, I want to be back with Ilea. And the way to be back with Ilea is joining with this thing. That's the way I'm going to go. And it's and we're going we're gonna to make something beautiful happen. I mean, it's kind of neat, the ultimate sacrifice. But, like, a character that you didn't, you know what I mean, was kind of like... I don't know. It's, yeah, it's great. It's a good. It's a good move. 
<laughs> it's good writing, is I guess. Yeah. Right? Considering the movie was so, like, written so haphazardly. Yes. This, this is very good. And you can kind uh, of encapsulate it into thinking, like, too, that this would could be just another, like, an extended version of an episode. Like, this is something that's very Star Trek. Yes, where it's a, a, episodic. Its yeah. Uh, also, I'd like to point out that there, I don't know if it's uh, fan theories or something, but a lot of there's the speculation that V'ger was sort of taken in by the Borg. Uh, oh, and people really? like to tie that in with this. Uh, it's not canon, but uh, it's a. It's not a, canon! A, yeah. It's not canon! That'd be a good. No, that's kind of cool, though. <laughs> But I, I, I like that. Even though I don't, I've never been a fan of the Borg. I kind of like First like, Contact, though. I like First Contact as a movie, yeah. but the Borg in general, yeah, the Borg I was is like, meh, whatever. It's, yeah. Well, it's like they a made sci-fi Picard thing. into a bad guy, which is like kind of a cool kind of character this, thing for him. This music here, by the way, just Goldsmith top form. Um, Gold, Jerry. I had. <laughs> Jerry Gold, Jerry Gold. I had this as as a record <laughs> back in the in the early '80s. I had purchased this, and um, then I bought the expanded uh, soundtrack. Trouble that getting came out, out of there. In the late '90s, uh, and then when I bought a, uh, a turntable, well, I didn't buy it. I got it for Christmas. Uh, I went and threw all my old records, and I was like, "Oh, great! I still got the Goldsmith Star Trek the motion picture." And then I opened up the sleeve, and it's empty. Oh no! On eBay, he went on eBay and bought it again for like seven bucks, and I was like, I don't care. I've already, I have like the expanded version of it, but I want it on the record, you know. I, need I still have the Wrath of Khan on record, but we cut up the sleeve to make some kind of poster or something. Yeah, yeah my brother and I, probably more my brother, but yeah. But I still have the record. It's in great shape. Not great shape, but I can listen to it. Ooh. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think I'll listen to it later. You should. I also have the Jaws soundtrack we bought me. Oh, I bought that, that nice. for you? I bought that for me for my birthday once. Good man. Yeah. yeah. I remember that now that you've mentioned that. I still have that on vinyl as well. Here we go. Here they are. He's taking off his fireman jacket, handing it to He's the penis um, head. Move lamp watch, up there. If you watch Spock and McCoy in the background, their jackets will switch between shots he'll be having the orange armband and he has like the greenish one you be the doctor i'll be the agua agua kind of the continuity person (laughs) but i i love the music as it swells into the last shot of the the film here where it's it's like do 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 and then it then it goes do 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 oh it's beautiful gold jerry what were gene ronberry's lyrics to this uh, he was like a star <laughs> trekking across the river. <laughs> has both of them now. In the butthole. <laughs> the butthole is tight. We're leaving tonight. I'll sing this song. Kirk doesn't have the Decker bulge. No, no, he's. What about Scotty? Or his belly too big? <laughs> <laughs> but he just got the uh, clip-on shades oh, that go oh, over I his just, regular I glasses. I to say something about when we were talking about 
uh, Shatner and Nimoy making script changes and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Dewan was interviewed in that book that I was talking about where uh, see, McCoy and Spock have switched jackets. Oh, yeah, now. look at that. Uh, Dewan was uh, like a little miffed that they were making changes to the script. Come on, let's switch jackets. I don't know, yeah. D. <laughs> now, here's the music I love right here. My favorite shot of the whole movie. Listen to this Take music. That. Listen. so beautiful it's very star trek and this shot is just i i recreated the shot with my giant enterprise thing posted it on one of the nerdy model message boards i mean which you get a lot of you get a lot of uh acclaim for from the nerds you shouldn't you shouldn't really make fun those are your fans they're they're good guys they're my peeps yeah um i mean there we go there's some this very disco-y go to uh bye 70s disco war bye and there we go uh going yeah the stars (laughs) here we go all right let's queue up shut it up all right now we're at the con (laughs) (laughs) the human adventure is just beginning there is right douglas trumbull Uh, yeah up next for me Up next for me is Fireball XL5. You guys want to watch the first episode? What the hell is that? I don't don't know know what that is. Jerry and Puppet Show. I I believe you just made that up. I did. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's a grateful acknowledgement to the National uh, Aeronautics. Isaac Asimov. Apparently some stuff has come out recently about Isaac Asimov being a bit of a um, sexual harasser of sorts. Uh. But, like, who isn't these days, right? Why is Doug Wise's <laughs> name so small? Because he's not wise enough. Because Robert be- Wise was the director. But, yeah, why was his name so small? That's really weird. <laughs> Bet, your, Bet your life that Al was the camera operator. Jack Bear. Uh, Dave Stewart, former athletic pitcher. That's right. Member uh, of the Cox. <laughs> Lynn Law and Associates. Clay Marsh. Any relation? <laughs> None. David Gold. The Jerry Appalachian Gold. Marches. Chris Crump. <laughs> Glenn Spurl. Campbell. Famous guitarist. Well, hey, maybe. Played the lead lick on Mary Mary and had the Glenn Campbell Mike hour. Mike Pede. <laughs> Mike Pede. <laughs> uh, I feel like now this is just devolving into Mike Myers. Oh, look at where you got his start. And then he went Bad. on to Austin Powers. <laughs> and then he went on to be in Halloween. <laughs> That's John Dykstra again. Apogee Inc. Apogee was his, uh, I, I believe, John Dykstra's um, effects studio name, house, effects house studio name. So what else is going on? <laughs> do you have any more trivia for us? I don't know. I, I probably <laughs> do. Like, when this is over, I'm going to be like, oh, I forgot to talk about this, 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 and this. Janet Dykstra? Any relation? No. Nah, well, I guess you were talking about Probably to Lenny Dykstra. Oh, yeah. Boston Nails. University? No. Those bums. <laughs> <laughs> Those bums. And I was the bum. D. Gary Fagan. Yeah. All right. I shouldn't say this, though. Jeez, keep it clean. God, keep it clean. Let's come out boxing. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> um, 
you know it's funny is to see this uh, the font that they used for the movies. I was going to mention the font like too. in in other things. My mother in law gave us a book about like uh, acupuncture or something or other, and it's all in this Star Trek font. I like this font. Is it called Star Trek font? No, it's not. It's called something else. But I, there's a local like a regular car like dealership font. to me that uses that font too. That Star Trek font. Richard Taylor, <laughs> whose whose name went up there a little while ago, was also part of the redesign of the Refit Enterprise. I'm sorry, Mr. Scott, but there will be no refit. Oh, well played, well played. But <laughs> you like that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that's it, right? All right, that's it. Blue to Asking blue to blue. Close player. I'll close the player. And there you go. What are your uh, uh, final thoughts? Springer's final thoughts. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's like a 20-year-old joke. What am I even I doing? I know, man. More than that, probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. I don't know. I mean, there are parts you can tell it was the movie was rushed. I think you can tell like it was kind of like, we got to finish this. And, and you know what, though, too? That happens a lot in movies even now, like yeah. where it's like, we got to finish this. We got to get it out by this date. So, I mean, but it still holds up pretty well. I mean, the effects aren't great, but story-wise, well, it's still good. They're not bad. They're, I think they're, they're probably not, the best of yeah. all the original Trek movies. Really? Well, that is yeah. interesting. I wow. Think, yeah. I think there's an epic scope to this that it comes close to, but doesn't quite nail. Mm. It well, does it was kind of like a Jack Kirby kind of thing when you're talking about they, how big shit is out in the galaxy with Zedra and all like this big huge fucking ship and everything yes I think one thing we, we never mentioned and it's kind of um, like Close Encounters of the Third Kind was kind of like the at least for the studio to say oh you can which make which was money also on. also Douglas Trumbull I like oh the point very good so it's kind of like you can kind of see the influence there of Slow. Yeah, yeah, we didn't talk about it. Star Wars is the thing that they were like that kicked off the whole sci-fi thing, and then Paramount was like, "Oh, they beat us! They beat us to what it." What we have? And so yeah. yeah, but then but then we're like, "Okay, well, we things. can't release a movie because Star Wars just took all our thunder. Nobody's gonna go see a sci-fi movie after it. Let's turn it into a TV show." And then Close Encounters comes out, and that's a big hit. And then Paramount was like, "Oh, don't know, sci-fi's here to stay. Let's do this." Right. So yeah, we should not discount the effect that Close Encounters had on on this movie. Well, or it's least... kind of unfortunate that it wasn't another series, or it wasn't. I don't planned, think I don't planned think out if, better if to if be a better a just movie. We wouldn't be talking about it now yeah. if it was a series. If it was a series, yeah, it would have well, died after thirteen episodes on the failed Paramount Network. People have been like, remember Star Trek? That was pretty cool. It'd be like Firefly now. People will still remember it, but, you know, it wouldn't have become the cultural phenomenon that it has become. I guess more and of my point is like... Of, of how flawed this movie is, it is the one that set up the good movies. Which, I, don't yeah. get me wrong, I love this movie, despite the fact that it's slow, and there are a lot of scenes that could be cut out, but I, I still enjoy this film. I just wish there was more thought into making it the first Star Trek movie instead of getting into the rat race with the other studios and then kind of being like, oh, well, we have this, so let's make this the feature. 
You know what I mean? Like it just seems like Yeah, but that's what Hollywood like... is all about. You know what I mean? It's it's mm. it's the way it is. I know what you're saying, but it's not about like let's make a good movie. It's like let's make a buck. I mean, it's the way it is. This is the way. Tell me how it is. I mean, that's just the way it is. It's just the way infinite it is. It's something to learn. Diversity in infinite combinations, which leads me to believe that uh, Star Trek and Star Wars inhabit the same uh, multiverse, okay? Oh, here we go. Oh. Yeah, except Star, Star Wars is a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Star Trek is the future in our current galaxy. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're breaking up. I can't hear you. <laughs> the, the... That good. The thing that ties them all together is Simon Pegg. The thing that ties them all together is the bit. And that guy that was in Lost. That guy that J.J. Abrams puts in all his movies. The oh, yeah. Guy? Yeah, the fat guy. When has <laughs> he been in Star Trek? Was he was he... in He was in Star Trek Beyond uh, on oh. the um, on the uh, Yorktown. Uh, there we go. So there it is. That yeah. ties them all together. Ties them all together. It's like the Kevin sure Bacon. It the, uh, yeah. I'm sure it was a big forehead guy from this movie, like, uh, you know, playing <laughs> playing as an extra. As, uh, yeah, you know, no, that the big forehead guy from this movie was originally the penis head guy from the prequels. <laughs> <laughs> it's just his head Did got I? smaller as time went on. <laughs> Very well. well, yeah. Even though we see him get killed in Revenge of the Sith, he didn't really. He just fell down. He just got shot a bunch of times. And he lived- his top of his head got shot off. Bam. <laughs> and he lived centuries. He lived yeah. centuries later. Yeah. Oh my god. He was he went into hiding, went into Starfleet. He's like, no one will recognize me in these pajamas and the yeah. shorter head. I'll shave my off dick. this weird mustache. The, yeah. The dick thing that I got going people, on. Be, people be he's like, people be too distracted, like used to look at my penis head, now they'll just be looking at my crotch in these weird pajamas. Actual penis. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean I think Jedi were supposed to go into hiding like Yoda did. So there you go. That's how it works. What's that he went into hiding and then went into, eventually went into Starfleet. Yeah. All right. We're really getting. <laughs> <laughs> Happy May the 4th or Revenge yeah. of the 5th. Oh, my God. Is tomorrow Revenge of the 5th? We have to yeah. do this fucking thing you can, twice. You can do it. You can do it on the 6th. We too. celebrate Revenge this. The we're we're a uh, we're a, a force uh, sensitive family. We celebrate these days, but I celebrate th- today, the entire cattle. today. Today <laughs> is May the fourth, which is kind of like Christmas Eve. Stacy really enjoys Revenge of the Fifth because she likes to say that. She likes to say Revenge of the Fifth a lot oh. tomorrow. So tomorrow's when we get to open the big presents. Wow. <laughs> so you open one present tonight. And yeah, one little present tonight, and then the rest tomorrow for Revenge of the Fifth. Well, I guess if you want to open a present, Rise of the Skywalker is streaming now. Ooh. Early. But I'm not going to bother. I, I'm never going to bother. I'm not going to bother either. I'm never going to watch that damn You never even saw it. I know. It's the only Star Wars movie I never didn't see in the theater. Wow. It's the insurrection wow. of Star Wars to me. <laughs> Wait, no, the nemesis of Star Wars. Nemesis. nemesis. I saw Insurrection. Insurrection was the last Jedi of. Yeah. Uh, of, it was really lame. That's a rough movie to get through. Yeah. We're not going to have to do a commentary. Isn't that without, the one with uh, Tom Hardy in it? No, Tom, no, Tom Hardy. Hardy's nemesis, the nemesis. Right? Yeah. Oh, nemesis. I'd do yeah. that one. I'd watch that one again, but I don't have. I don't have much to say about Next Generation. Well, I'm happy to go to gen- Generation. Uh, I, I, I can talk about Generations. What is going to happen? Take it, take it one, one movie at a time. 
see if we can get through them all. No, we're going to do these one I'm week. The next six weeks. I'm good through one through I could even do generations, I like I said. I could do one through seven if you guys are up for it. And then do the I could the do reboots. every single one of them. Then the reboots. Let's skip the last. Two. Just do original cast. Just do ones with Kirk, Spock, and McCoy in them. All right. I, 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 I just could, do ones I with Kirk in them because that Kirk. Yeah. Yes, that's the Kirk only Kirk. to be in them. Yeah, I, I'm down with that. All right, cool. All right, all right. I'm glad we figured this out during the podcast. <laughs> all right, <laughs> we ending this yet? We should turn this off. We can turn this off right now. Thanks yeah. for listening, everybody, and yes, happy Star Wars fucking yeah. shit. Yeah. All right, Made live long and fuck yeah. off. <laughs> <laughs> Live long and fuck off.